It is the Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. The telephone number here in the studio is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. Stardate 0702-2023, Captain's Log. In the studio tonight, it's Richie Rich, Matt P., and I am your host, the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will. Matt P., welcome. Thank you. Uh, I know you've you've done some activism, and I know you uh, from the fests, pork fest, pork fest, that kind of thing, and we got to talking, and you had you said, can I be on Beard Talk Live? Can I? And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I have an opening on, on this Sunday. Do you want to be on Free Talk Live? And you were like, sure. So here you are. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. First time? First time. All right. All right. Well, we'll we'll break you in slowly, patiently, or at least I will. I don't know about Richie Rich. He'll probably nope. be hard. Fair game. Fair game. <laughs> be like, noob, fresh meat. Bring it. <laughs> Say something dumb and we're going to have a talk on air live. <laughs> Just like uh, the callers. <laughs> This is the first Sunday we've done since before the fests. Yep. So, or at least live anyway. There's been a Sunday show every Sunday. The Orc uh, Fests. The what? The Orc Fests. Orc Fests? Why Why Orc? Because they both have Orc in it. Oh. Like Mork from Orc? Well, pork and Fork. Pork, Fork, Spork. Spork. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. Pork Fash. Pork fash? fash? Pork fash. Is that uh, because of the RFK stuff? Absolutely. How, how did you decide that was what you were going to call it? Uh, I don't know. It just came to me. Well, you I, t- you told me you saw some posts well, I, or whatever. Well, I saw a posting, you know, on social media of someone who was also upset at the, you know, I wasn't there, so I'm one of the outsiders who's going to talk smack from afar. Yeah. Right? But I saw the, the RFK setup and the... No guns and the metal detectors. And yeah. I went for a Freedom Festival. This seems a little fascist. And I went, oh, pork fash. I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. How about we just call it pork fash since that's what it turned into? Did you enjoy your pork fash? Fork fest and pork fash. That seems pretty accurate, really. Yeah. At least. Because they had, not only did they have RFK, who, of course, was, I don't know, something like more than an hour late to the engagement. Yep. I didn't see you said you were there as part of the gun protest, Matt. Yeah. Did you actually see did he roll in in a limo or was he there ahead of time or you didn't I didn't see him at all. Okay. So, I don't I don't care if he was invited to speak and wanted to go on the platform. Yeah. Right? Like that that doesn't bother me. Sure. But the demands, right, to be allowed to speak in my opinion the organizer should have said, you want this platform, you do it by our rules. That's, I agree with you. It was pretty ironic, too. We outnumbered him in the gun rally or and his security by tenfold. We had way, we had at least 60 people there, fully armed, <laughs> fully kitted up. It's pretty funny. So the reminder there should be, you're safe because we allowed it, yeah. not because you prevented everyone from entering the pavilion with guns. Right. I didn't made that comment in the gun rally that we just upped their security by a lot because... Their security wasn't doing much. Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of the the way of things, right? They usually, and I don't know if, uh, I'm told that his security was private and not government funded, so I don't know how a private security firm goes about things. I've seen this done in other places 
when a politician, particularly a presidential type candidate, comes in, they usually send in the Secret Service days in advance. They uh, scour the area, the the perimeter. Uh, they make sure there's nobody within X, whatever the perimeter is. Then they set up barricades and they uh, put staff uh, and or patrol uh, around that perimeter. Uh, modern times, they'll use cameras. Uh, they'll have something the equivalent of like a, a wireless camera, a trail cam, uh, as hunters commonly use uh, to you know spot deer and stuff like that on their property. They'll have something similar to that connected to some sort of a... Uh, uh, I don't want to call it central control, but kind of, you know, some sort of a headquarters or a van or something, you know, to monitor all, all the feeds and all that kind of stuff. And then they'll prevent anybody from entering this perimeter uh, except for approved personnel, anybody who's got the right. the badge, the backstage pass, if you will, uh, to, to get through or the credentials, you know, they've been pre-approved for that. I did not see that, although I wasn't scrutinizing. I actually didn't really care. Uh, they brought in RFK, they brought in Vivek, and they brought in somebody else too who's running for president i can't remember who so it wasn't just rfk rfk was sort of the the big news because of his demands about no you can't have guns if you want to see me talking we're gonna make you walk through metal detectors which is where the fashy part comes in so so they brought the freedom takers to the freedom festival got it yeah okay good as long as we're on the same page yeah it i mean i saw i think the same photos you saw of the metal detectors and my heart just sank dude i just i felt ill inside i'm like this is not supposed to be here this is not what pork fest stands for this is not what pork fest is about this is not what freedom loving individuals are about this is not how it's supposed to go down we are supposed to be standing up for individuals for uh, you know against the state right against the tyranny against the people who want to control you, and that's exactly what they did. Bring them they- to Liberty Forum. That's an appropriate yeah. venue for this clown. Yeah. It wasn't even just metal detectors. The amount of people that showed up for just that event was sickening. I mean, there's the line went the whole length of the campground, which is pretty far. Yeah. You know, I think they said, what, 60 acres are cleared? So although most of those people weren't there for the festival they're there for to hear him speak right yeah so he drew a crowd that was not a festival crowd so and, so last year was what like pork fest 19 or something yeah this year was 20 this well no X-X. last year was 19 right. and this year was pork fest 1 pork fest 1 pork fest 1 pork fest i we're we're starting the count over again if they're going to continue this nonsense <laughs> it, i have decreed it to be yeah. so it would have been nice if you would have thought of that in advance and then, you know, pimped some T-shirts, right, that said pork fash, like right there. Yeah. <laughs> or at least wore one, something. Sure. I yeah. did like your idea of the, uh, what was it, having a convertible oh, Lincoln. Yeah, park, park the 69 Lincoln convertible on top of the grassy knoll, just as a reminder. In the spirit of that, I don't know if you saw the photos, there were people who sat at the top of the hill who yeah. put signs in the ground that said, uh, grassy knoll. Yeah. I looked. This is how this is how the thought went through my head, and I went, "What exactly is a grassy knoll?" So I looked up the definition of knoll. I'm like, "No, the Pork Fest Hill counts for that." Like, you know, just park the Lincoln up there. We yeah. were telling people that's where long guns are supposed to be sitting up on the top of the hill. There, nice, nice. That would have been fun too to like roll in like a trailer mounted, uh, you know, like a fifty cal or something. Yeah, they had one on that Jeep that was there. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. was that a fifty cal? It was something like that. Yeah, it was. It, it looked neat. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, of course we're going to see that at Porkfest, right? In in my opinion, if you are a presidential candidate 
and you want to come and meet the people, the libertarians at, at Porkfest, just, just show up. You meet us on our terms on our grounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bring your security guys, right, if they're going to be armed or whatever, because we're all armed too, so yeah. it'll just be like you and five dudes walking through the festival. I've got nothing against private security, yeah, right? That exists all. outside the state paradigm. Yeah. You can hire that if you can afford it as well, Yep. right? But don't don't bring in your private security and then prevent others from defending themselves. Yeah, potentially even from your security exactly. people. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you on that wholeheartedly. So pork fash one. It's pretty funny too, though, because they had the metal detectors, and then a big tent right next to it. If you went around the other side of the tent, there was nothing there, nothing roping you off or anything, and that's where all the the gun people were. <laughs> so not only all of that nonsense making it fashy, right? Security theater to boot. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Bunch so completely theaters. unnecessary. Yeah. In all aspects of it, and like. I, I don't know. As an artist, if I book a gig and I'm supposed to go on stage at, you know, 8.30 p.m. or something, if if I'm not there, like, they're just going to be like, all right, well, they're not here. We'll put the other act on. Right? Yeah. Well, it, you're, you're, you're not a big-time name. No offense. I understand. I understand right? that. But, but even... Guns and Roses will go on two hours late. Yeah, that's Rappers true. will go on a few hours late and... And I don't understand that. Like, I understand, like, libertarians as people, they, they run on LST, libertarian standard time which means like if you say hey be there at 8 30 they're gonna show up at 9 9 35 i'm not sure they were late because of him though they were late because there was a wrap around the building of of the whole campground of people wanting to get in there when i got down there it was supposed to be the time that he was starting and the line was insane like on one hand rfk talks a lot about like uh, the vaccines and, and that kind of a thing, so, some other things that libertarian, you know. Uh, I don't know what his stance is on guns, though. I, I've heard he flip-flops a little bit on that. He did say during his speech that he wasn't going to take anybody's guns. Well, heard that before. Of course, for he, what that's worth. <laughs> he personally won't. Right, right, yeah. You know, has any president ever taken guns? No. Has any leader of any country ever taken? No. It's the enforcers who take the guns. Um. So, like, he's sort of a... A not mainstream candidate, right? We know sure. Who, we the know Democrats the, don't like him, so all of a sudden libertarians are leeching onto him. Right. Which they've done before with like Bill Weld and who's the other guy? Gary Johnson, I think, was the other guy. Bill Weld actually came to Porefest one year. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that obviously didn't go very well for the Libertarian Party. Because they're not libertarians. Kind of exactly. And so that's what I don't I don't get like I'm I'm kinda glad to see that New Hampshire is at least showing out to hear, you know, sort of the fringe candidate that that's a, you know a, a bit of a positive, like the the non libertarians in the state of New Hampshire, uh, that they're at least looking for alternatives. Uh, so that kind of makes me feel good, but the fashy part makes me feel sick to my stomach. So right again, it's pick your venue, right? If you yeah. want to do that nonsense at Liberty Forum, which is a more formal suit and tie, libertarians put on their best ill-fitting suit yep. and do their best to tuck in their shirt, right? And then you have RFK there, yep. but not at the you know pure freedom camping festival yep. where you, you may see more anarchists and voluntarists than libertarians around, yeah, right? And then on- Keep it to the formal stuff. On top of all of that, like if you're going to be a presidential candidate and you're going to show up and you're going to give a one-way speech- Right. Like near as I could tell. And I didn't go. So I don't know what the actual outcome was. 
but the plan was that he was going to give his speech, right, talking at everybody, and then he was going to answer three pre-screened questions oh, from the crowd. So there was going to be no guy. Q&A. There was going to be no, like, you know, ability for anybody to ask him anything of real substance, right? It was going to be, oh, we get these questions in advance, and I'll answer them for you now with my pre-written answers, you know, kind of thing. I don't know if that's how it went down. So ideas that can't even stand up to scrutiny. Right. We're just piling on. Right. Security I- theater... Fashy event can't uh, can't handle the scrutiny of questions, right? And 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 this is this is now our guy, quote unquote, for libertarians. Certainly not my guy. Woo! I watched that section on YouTube just to see what his, the questions were and and what was answered. And it was Carla that was asking the questions. Yeah, and uh, some of them were pretty good, like you know what his stance is on Snowden and uh, Ross Ulbricht sure. and and, uh, and and the gun question and. Uh, I thought his answers are pretty good, but he had time to think about them. And... Yeah, and writers to write them and all right. that kind of thing. Now, all that being said, what I would have done, like, just out of pure, like, respect, right, what I would have done if I were him is I would have at least walked through Porkfest, right? I would have gotten, you know, my my four or five best armed dudes Right, you know, put a drone in the sky, whatever, right, whatever you got to do to feel safe. But I would have taken a walk through Porkfest and shake, shaken some hands, kissed some babies, whatever, right, that kind of a thing. Met the libertarians. He didn't do any of that. Yeah. And so I have no respect for him at all as a person, much less a politician. If they're going to compare him to Ron Paul, you have to ask what Ron Paul would have done. Yeah. And I think Ron Paul would have been safe walking through Porkfest. Oh, very much so. Not only say, he'd have been deified. I right. think he came to one years ago. And did he come with like five dozen security teams and SWAT and whatever? I, I don't know. I wasn't like there. If, I wasn't there if he attended. I, I don't know. Okay. I've only been to, I think it's my third one. Either way, right, does he seem like the type that would walk through Porkfest with security detail, like hip to hip, or that he would just go meet with the people? Like a normal dude. I mean, I think Ron Paul would probably have one or two guys, you know. Uh, but then, for the most part, just you know, meeting people, hey, yeah. you know, kind of a thing. You know, he wouldn't make a, a big deal. Could I run it. up to Ron Paul and get a selfie without getting tackled? Yes. Okay. Could uh, I run up to RFK to take well, a selfie without let, getting let tackled? Meander up, you know, mosey up. Sure, whatever. You know, running probably not. All right, well, I'm not that fast to begin with, but you get the <laughs> idea. Either, yeah, I don't run. Yeah. Uh, so. That being said, the, uh, that's why we're armed. V- Vivek had a had a big old bus, dude, and I saw the picture of the bus, and it's just such a such a gross ego thing where it's like a giant picture of him, like ah, I am here, welcome me, here I am, and it's like, <sighs> are you representing yourself then? Because that's, yes, and the answer yes. is yes. That's like, did you need more evidence, anyone at Porkfest, that politicians aren't there to represent you? They represent themselves, not you. Uh, you can tell by just the ego-driven-ness of, like, a big wrap around a really nice tour bus, like stuff that, like, rock stars can't even get a hold of, right? But Vivek's got a really nice bus with a nice wrap with a giant picture of him on it. And I'm like, ugh. The Ramaswamy mobile. Like, like, what festival am I at? <laughs> Porkfash. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, I will say leading into Porkfest, that was probably one of the ones I probably would have went down there to see yeah. until I saw what was going on there. And I was like, there's no way I'm going into there. 
I did get to see, uh, I finally met Larkin Rose. Nice. Uh, I got one of those No Rulers t-shirts from him. Yeah. And uh, I got to see his movie, The Jones Plantation. Uh, there were some technical difficulties. Sorry, there were some technicalties. technicalties. Okay. Uh, Speaking of an hour wait for something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, and But the movie was pretty good. Okay. The movie was pretty good. Uh, the, the lead actor, I think, knocked it out of the park. Okay. They, they picked the right guy for the lead in that one. Uh, and, uh, you know, Larkin's in it, of course. He makes a couple of cameos. Uh, and there's a, a few other folks in there, too, that make some cameos. But uh, it has, you know, sort of Hollywood-quality filming to it. The soundtrack is pretty good as far as, uh, you know, all the background, the Foley, the A&R, that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's, it's really well done. Uh, I can't wait for it to actually, you know, be out and available for... I will likely buy it when it's out. Like, my contribution to Larkin Rhodes is just I own physical copies of everything he's done. Nice. Somewhere. Yeah. I have a copy of uh, The Most Dangerous Superstition still. Um, And uh, I also have downloaded, uh, what is it, The Tiny Dot. Okay. It's one of my favorite ones. That's a YouTube video. And then the If You Were King, uh, which is sort of a similar production. Like, they use the simple little round circles, and then he narrates a story with some music underneath it. Uh, I found those really effective right. way back in the day, so I, I you know, got some copies well, of Also them. pick up The Iron Web if you like fiction. I have not read The Iron Web. I've okay. read uh, excerpts from it here and there, and, and I like what I've read, but I have okay. yet to, to get to that. I'm not a big book reader in general. I spend most of my time reading, like, the internet or tech manuals. I am not a book reader either, but I will read one of Larkin Rose's books. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if he's going to do a fiction book, I will read that too. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised uh, Amanda wasn't there, but I did meet, um, uh, what's his ex-wife's name? Tessa? Yeah, and, and their daughter okay. uh, actually sat right next to me while the movie was going on. She needs to write another book. I bought her book on yeah. my Kickstarter. Yeah. She left it on a cliffhanger. Yeah. They were super nice people, too. Tessa, were, if you're oh, listening, yeah, you know, yeah. I need to know what the rest of the journey is. <laughs> I will say the technical difficulties leading an hour wait for that was not Larkin's fault. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and that's completely different, yeah. right? That's I, The band is ready to go on stage. The lighting and the speaker guy screwed up somewhere. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, the, yeah. They, they weren't prepared. They, they didn't do any testing in advance. They just figured he was going to show up with a laptop plug-in and it would be good. And it was not good. And uh, let this be a lesson to you technical people out there. Test what you expect. Test before the performance. Always test before the performance. Don't expect people to just plug in and be all right. (laughs) Sound check. Yeah, please. Uh, What else? Uh, You wanted anything to share about the fests? No, I mean, we went over quite a bit. There's a lot of uh, people crying online about all sorts of things. that People who weren't even there are crying about it. No, 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 like conservative types. Oh, like, okay. you know, there were naked people. Like, it says in the terms and conditions when you buy your ticket that, like, there's probably going to be some naked they people. They knew that up front. Yeah. That was, like, I, the big thing going into it. Right. I haven't even seen any of that, so that must be on Facebook or... On the Twitter, I think, is, oh, Twitter, is mostly right. where it's coming from. There's, How was the attendance for the Drag Queen Story Hour? Was that... I missed it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or it, it may not have even gone on. Okay. That was uh, the other big hullabaloo going y- in. Yeah. Aria had invited some, <clears throat> I uh, we'll call them local, uh, to the area, uh, drag people, okay. who were supposedly going to put on some sort of a drag queen story hour. 
uh, there in town, either in Lancaster or Whitefield or somewhere nearby. Okay. And uh, she finally heard back from one of them. They're like, yeah, sorry, we got another thing we're going to do. And then I think the other one just never got back to her. So I don't know if anything at all happened, if she actually read the Tuttle Twins to anybody. Okay. Or if she just canceled the event because I had something else to do at that time while it was going on. So I don't know. I don't know the outcome. Mashore didn't show up anyways, so. Yeah, for the third year in a row, Porkfest has invited Maj Touré, and he has not shown up. He has canceled every year. It's Stop inviting not libertarians. Bingo! He, he identifies as a libertarian. He's wrong. But he, yeah. it would have been nice to have him there for the gun rally, because he's a huge two-way supporter. Okay. That would have been kind of cool, but... Except, so he's a one-issue libertarian. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> Love those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, libertarians don't threaten violence on other people who aren't committing violence. Very true. And I, I don't know who Maj, the first time I heard his name was when all this drama around the drag queen story hour yeah. first you know, sort of bubbled to, into my purview. And I was like, oh, what's this crap? And uh, so like I had no idea who the guy was prior to that. And I really don't care who he is now. So here's what you do with those one issue libertarians, right? If he's a gun guy, invite him to a gun festival, sure. right? That's where he belongs. Not at the general liberty-minded freedom festival, because yeah. he's not. He's specifically a gun guy. Yeah. So I, I was very glad to see Larkin Rose there uh, as far as representing anarchism. Uh, there were some other people there that, uh, you know, not, not as popular or famous, but you know, definitely anarchist-leaning folks. Uh, our, the, the Free Talk Live site was directly across from the uh, LPNH Tent. Okay, so I got to see a bunch of their presentations just vicariously because they were just right there. Um, I got to meet uh, Jack Lloyd. Does the the Voluntarist comic books where the the superhero is called the Voluntarist? Yep. Uh, and then uh, the Fa philosopher. Yep. Little little Fa. Uh, she was great. Uh, they came and did a segment on Free Talk Live. If you've missed that segment, you can go over to freetalklive.com and find the archives and, and listen to that if you'd like to hear that. They, they did a couple of presentations. They were pimping a book. They had a good time. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I got some, you know, other otherwise uh, libertarian propagandists, if you will. And it was fun. She's also got the, the Tom Woods rap videos. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. 603-283-6160. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about well, all sorts of fun things, including a toddler jailed for poopy pants. The number two story. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes to vote on. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the Treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org.
are back. Yes, we are back. The telephone number here is 603-283-6160. If you'd like to join us, again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Richard Rich. And Matt P. Uh, We had been talking about our experience at Porkfest and Forkfest. Uh, We're going to... For our outside opinions thereof, looking in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yours, I guess. Anyway, I, I'll you still say there. what I want. <laughs> what? I'll still say what I want. Uh, no, I heard you the first time. I just was like, uh, you say what you want? You might get banned. How, how, how preposterous. Oh, no. Banned from pork fash, whatever will stuff. I do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, the guy the guy that got banned, Mikey, yeah. like, he was there the whole time. Okay. The whole time. I, you know, okay, so and honestly, and like not hiding or like walking around talking to everybody. Hey, everybody, how's it going? As long as, as long as Mikey was there, yeah. right? I was really hoping for a Cantwell appearance. Yeah, just, I didn't see one. There's a guy who kind of looks like him. Okay, who who's there? He's he's in the community. He's out now. Yeah, but but it wasn't him. Like somebody was like, "Hey, is that Cantwell?" No, it's this other guy. Kind of looks like him. He's got that same type of accent too. You know, okay, Cantwell's the New got York, that, yeah, the New that, York accent. Yeah, All yeah. right. Uh, at any rate, so let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. Let's go to Richie, Rich's favorite caller. Hey, uh, Skeeter, turn, turn your radio down, man. I can hear that echo. Oh, Kenny, sorry. I, I've been having trouble with this new F-23. Uh, Am I supposed now? to remember Skeeter? Like, how is he my favorite caller? Oh, Skeeter, Scooter, Skyler, uh, Butch, Brian. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that guy. Okay. Yeah. I know oh, who you're actually, talking about. I don't, you know. Yeah, he's got like 17 names or something. And... I've had like one, maybe two interactions with him, so. Yeah. I, I was actually calling just Go ahead, Scotty. Oh, he was calling um, just Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I've been waiting like uh, two weeks to talk to you because, uh, you know, I heard you, you know, I listened to the rest of the show where I was on, where you guys were wrong about definition. I don't want to get into that, but I can get into it some other time, but the time constraints, you know. But um, Time constraints? You know, I heard you. Uh, you got a full segment ahead of you. Just yeah, make it entertaining. Cut me off any time. I could cuss. And... Well, then don't do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, if, but, uh, if you do say. cuss, we will cut you off, so, I mean, that'll yeah, be yeah. it. Yeah, I, I don't do it intentionally, but I, I did I both totally understand. I've had to dump myself a few Seems times. Seems like a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> So what okay, do you want to so, ask uh, Richie Rich or talk to him about? You know, Richie, I heard you, um, you know, when I first called, um, I was trying to, like, uh, show that uh, rights were, like, religious and statist, and uh, you express uh, some uh, sympathy, which was uh, interesting because I wanted to, ultimately, I never got to there because you guys got hung up on religion and definitions, but, and you were wrong, by the way. Uh, but uh, I wanted to get into that, plus um, I also heard another segment on that show where you were talking about, uh, property and um, the girl and uh, Sherlock, uh, they kind of just dismiss kind of like the consequences of what you're saying. Uh, because I I independently um, thought of the same thing, right? I thought of the dis- uh, a descriptive uh, definition of property. Then I derived like the normative uh, definition of property. Uh, can you, uh, just for... Uh, for everybody in the room, uh, can you? Uh, oh, can you? One more thing. Can you uh, settle something for me? And, um, Possibly. So, if I stab somebody with a stone made shiv that I made, right? Is yes. that a non peaceful act or peaceful act? If you stab somebody with a with a non metal shiv, uh, uh, it needs more context because if you're stabbing him in defense of somebody else, yeah, yeah, 
right? Then so, it's a peaceful uh, act. If you're non, aggressively stabbing him, um, then it is a non-peaceful act. Yeah, non-provoked. So it's an it's initiation of stabbing. <laughs> okay. Yes. A stone shiv I, I carved. Okay. Non, yes. Non. non if you people. if you run up to somebody unprovoked and stab them with a stone shiv, I will call that, that a non-peaceful act. Okay. What about the act prior where I actually carved the stone in order to stab him? with the intention of stabbing him. Is that a non-peaceful act or peaceful act? The carving of the stone is uh, a neutral act. So for your definition, I don't mind saying peaceful. It has nothing to do with anything else. Even though though I have the intent of stabbing someone else. I don't care what the intent is. What'd you do? Right? I don't care. I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I am one of those libertarians that don't care if the neighbor has nuclear weapons, right? Because how are you going to prevent them from getting them? Or prevent them from using them. Right? But you don't care, like, let's say someone's uh, plotting to stab you. And if they're, they're, if they're plotting to stab them. me, I don't care. Right? If they lunge at me with this thing, right, all of a sudden we're in a fight. Right? If they actually stab me, then I'm going to find something else to fight back with as well. Yeah, I don't want to get, I don't want to get into that, but I think you'd be concerned about the plotting too. But um, No, I don't care. People, yeah, people are probably plotting to do all sorts of mean, nasty, ugly things to me. At any given time, because I have a big mouth and I use it often. Uh, I don't want to get into that. I mean, it's okay. debatable. I think. Um, Why don't you want to get into these uh, things? Like, I, I don't understand. You call in all the time, and we start talking, and then no, you're like, "I don't want to get into that. that. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that." What do you want to get into? I lots and lots of trouble. Ethic, right. So he had a description of property, which I independently <laughs> also came up with. Right. I did it uh, first. For the record, I call it the exclusion principle of property. But uh, can you, like, describe it for everybody? I, I forgot kind of exactly said it to see if it's exactly like mine, too. So generally speaking, rights and properties are constructs, right? So to, to claim yeah. ownership of a thing, to say I have property of a thing, is one of two things, right? It, it is, A, either that other people around you have agreed with you, right, and have chosen not to try to take that property from you and say, like, nope, that's his Corvette, right? Yeah. Or yeah. you have to have the ability to defend it against aggression. Uh, yes, yes, yes. But in, in total, it has to be excluded for you if you own it by somebody in the, in the market, right? Um, but you, could just, you could just condense it into one. Somebody, either you or, or the rest of the market or society has to defend it for you in order for it to be your property. Well, no, and society doesn't have to defend it. They just don't have to aggress against it, right? Like Captain's got a coffee oh. cup on the table. I, I assume that's his coffee, right? And yeah, I'm not so, going to attempt to grab it. So he doesn't need anybody no, to defend that cup of coffee. But if I reached out to saying, try and uh, grab it and he slaps my hand, right, he is now defending his cup of coffee. I didn't catch that example. Say that again. So, I was trying to make sit, a sitting in front you. of the captain is a cup of coffee, right? Okay. And it, yeah. I, we in the studio presume that that is his cup of coffee and we are not going to go after it, right? So there's yeah. there's no defense needed to that cup of coffee. We all agree that that is captain's cup of coffee. No defense needed, right? But if yeah. I reach out across the table and try to grab yeah. that cup of coffee and he slaps my hand, right, then he has defended his property against my aggression. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I think you could just clean it up and say, again, like use what I was saying. Uh, just I could, uh, but I don't. About, no, but you're saying about someone convincing somebody. Uh, well, it doesn't take a lot to convincing. He took a sip of the coffee. I went, oh, that must be Captain's coffee. We'll yeah. leave it at that. So what if another 
So what, what if he couldn't defend it? What if he couldn't defend it? Well, then yeah. it's no longer yeah. his cup of coffee, then, is it? I mean, himself. But what if uh, I, just out of uh, pure kindness, defend it for you? For you? Uh, it Then it depends, right? Because that that's when you get into the weird concept of third-party third self-defense, right? It's if you defend really it on the captain's defense. behalf, right, you are coming to yeah. his aid, he yeah. may or may not want that. We presume that he does, right, because people want their stuff protected and you're a good Samaritan, yeah. right? Yeah. But you have to take responsibility if he does not. Yeah. Right? If he's like, no, I told Rich he could grab the cup of coffee, and you intervened in that process, right? There's, there's an example. You might be familiar with this, Bat P., um, in the gun world, right, there was a good Samaritan who came to the aid on the side of the road of someone getting assaulted, you know, and it turns out that um, the person that was getting assaulted uh, was a runaway escapee criminal or something to that effect, right? And the person doing the assaulting was the arresting officer. And this person came to the aid of the criminal and assaulted the arresting officer, Right. Like, oh, no, I just saw this guy beating up somebody, and I just I jumped in because I thought it was the right thing to do. Well, guess what? It wasn't, right? So mind your own business, and you won't put yourself in those situations. And if you do interject yourself into those situations, you then face the repercussions because now you're on the hook for assault as well. Excuse yeah. Me? Yeah. Uh, but uh, I still think you, could, you should have uh, listened to just you could clean it up. Okay. Uh, okay. You don't How? To, you don't have to. Go ahead. Make it more okay. succinct for us. Uh, I got. I got to. I got to say it again. So it's um, just somebody, somebody somewhere excludes it for you. Either you or or the rest of society or this guy, that guy, and th- then it becomes your property. It's just an exclusion principle. That's all that needs to be met. Okay. And define the exclusion principle. It has to be excluded for the owner by somebody. Doesn't matter who. So, and then it becomes their property, right? Let's go so further. Let's define the word exclusion in your context. Um, the ability to, you know, access, control, you know, I don't want to, like, talk about the, uh, strict definitions. You, you can kind of sense, uh, you don't have, we don't have to get, like, really, uh, you know, abstract with the definition. How about just a regular definition of exclusion, then? Ex- <laughs> you know, just... Um, to, uh, I'm doing this for our know, listeners. I, I have a pretty good idea of the definition of exclusion. Uh, I just want, yeah, yeah. you know, if you're so, uh, going to use the word, you should be able to define it. I just can't articulate it right now, but it's because it's, it's just so, it's just so abstract. It's just so basic. Like to exclude, you know, just to uh, close out other people from, you know, stop access from, stop use from. Okay. You okay. Know, so like, That's um, fair. Something like that, but it's kind of it, it actually gets complex, right? I, I think I wrote it down before when I came up with my moral ethic. So, so you've got one ethic. sentence, and I've got two, and yours is more efficient, but mine seems to make people understand better. So, no, it, it actually doesn't. What makes what? Why is two? You essentially said almost the same thing, other than I know. So you're hung up on the fact that mine has two lines. One person here, right? And then you didn't you didn't account for the fact that. When somebody, like my example, where somebody defends it for you. Well, my example incorporates all three. Oh, okay. How so? Give us, give us your example again. It's just an exclusion principle. It doesn't matter who. It, sh- it just is by somebody. So it's either him, 
somebody, a third party or the rest of society or the market or government, if they're convinced to exclude it for you, like, for instance, government, they exclude your property, they defend your property rights. And come on, I don't want to get into debate about this, but if I were to break in your house, you could call police. It might take an hour, right? But they'll, depending on how dangerous the situation is, but they'll come and how close to the police, but they'll come and try to remove that, that person. If they're still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. So, we, we, we all know that, that when you call the police, it's, you know, basically they so, just come and clean up, write a report, and that's it. So you, you asked a clarifying question, but I'll, I'll, I'll say my two sentences again, right? Yeah. That which everyone agrees is yours or that yeah. which that can be defended against aggression, right? Yeah. I, I don't say that whole, captain uh, has to defend it against aggression, but it has to be defended against aggression. Sorry, yeah. When you when you talk over my last segment, I, I um, I'm not in listening mode. So can you repeat that last thing again? Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm repeating what I said, right? So property is one of two things, right? Yeah. That that yeah, which everyone you. agrees is yours. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Or that which can be defended against aggression. And I I don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That but I and your clarifying example was well, who needs to do the defending? I'm like I don't care who, right? Third party, no, first I, I party. Understand the first, so the way, so you you worded the second part differently than your when you worded it previously. Now you can just remove the first part and just go with what, how, how you worded it. The second. I don't want to get into it. It's just, it so property is that which can be defended against aggression. Yeah, that's it. That's all you need. Okay. Because that's that's part of the convincing. Like if you convince people, that's part of the, that's that's a act of defending. Wow. Okay. So like we've arrived at an agreement here. I mean, fine. I guess when when I hear this, when I hear the second part, right, that which can be defended against aggression, right, I don't think that that incorporates the vast majority of property, because the vast majority of property, there's no need for defense, right? You you need not defend no, that cup yeah, of coffee. Just, We've just agreed it's just that semantics. it's yours. It's just semantics. Uh, I claim yeah. that uh, when you convince the rest of the people, that's a sort of defense. Okay. So. So go about town and use your definition, and I'll go about town and use my definition, and together we'll convince twice as many okay. people. I can use yours. I can use yours. I'm not as petty as you guys. I can use okay. yours. It doesn't matter. Like, Good. It's then continue to use mine because it's better. We're petty now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, okay, so. Uh, Wait, way to insult the show that you called. <laughs> I don't care. Hold on. So um, I've been called worse by better. Me too. I kind of want Captain's Coffee after this conversation. I, dude. My coffee. Just reach out and grab it. See what happens. If you can me, take it, it's yours. Don't make me defend my coffee, damn it. No, but you can't. It's cold and oversweet anyway. So you don't see the consequences of his uh, his descriptive definition of property, right? It it puts a burden upon uh, someone to exclude the property for the per- for the owner, right? So he's almost say- like I can- now he's moved it away from reach. Hold on. It's getting nervous. Okay. In an attempt to defend said coffee, I have moved it out of reach from my other two hosts and put it behind me so that at least I am a physical barrier <laughs> between my other two hosts in an attempt to defend my property. And that came That's after one of the hosts, Matt P., expressed an interest in, in going after it, right? That's the thing I hate about rights, right? It's an empty, it's a consequentially empty concept. Yeah, it, it's the it same has- thing. What's it's that? the same. What, the, what, the, the 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 definition of rights is the same as property, right? No, it isn't. Not the way you use it. No, it's absolutely the same. 
right? The no, r- rights are what people agree you have or that you can defend against. We have a right to free yeah, speech. Yeah. Well, if, so as I, long so, as they let you right? so or until you defend that, it. Uh, the, the, so the first part about convincing everybody to uh, leave you with it, that's not, that's not a given. Yeah, Even that's why there's a part two, defend against. Yeah, and you may not have the ability to. So therefore, uh, your, your, your right is in proportion to your ability to defend it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird how that works, isn't it? Wow, I feel like we've made real progress here today, Skeeter. Thank you for the call, man. 603-283-6160. I feel like like he's uh, seeking counseling, and he's laying on the couch, and Richie Rich is the... You know, you're the uh, I don't know, the psychiatrist or whatever. You know, it's a bad analogy, but well, part of it is because I generally agree with him on yeah. those things, even though it turns into a semantical discussion with him. And that whereas seems to be I don't his think thing. the other hosts do. Yeah, it seems to be his thing is the semantic. Like he wants to be more correct than us. That's fine. And uh, far out, man. If you think you are great, far out, selling right on. Um, however, I feel like through his discourse, particularly with you, Richie Rich, that. He's basically in agreement. <laughs> well, but he's in agreement with me, right? I don't. Th- I don't think the other hosts through the week on this show agree with me. Yeah. Right, and then they will. Fight and I'm him. a little wishy-washy. I tend to agree with most people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In like, but in their specific conversations, right? Sure. And like, okay, that makes sense in this context. You know, um, like like the whole drag queen story, everything. There's a whole big, you know, and I'm like, you know, if. People want to bring their kids to see something like that. That's up to them. I'm not going to stop them. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, I'm like, oh my, you know, but other people are like, no, like Maj Ture, for example, yeah. you know, he's like, I am going to come and commit violence against otherwise peaceful people. I will just yeah. don't bring your kids to it. If, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you need to take personal responsibility well, for this stuff. And as long as we got Matt P here, right. The second amendment, mm-hmm. like, we have the right to keep and bear arms. Well, it's, it's been infringed a number of times. Right, there are people that don't agree with you yeah. that you have the right to keep and bear arms. Right, so what do you do when those people aggress? Because they're not in agreement. Right, you have to defend it. Yeah, and and the problem with a lot of people in the two A community outside the libertarian circles, right, is they tout themselves as being law abiding citizens. <laughs> We're law abiding citizens. Yeah. We don't want to be turned into felons overnight. Ah, but I don't want a ten-year felony on my thing. So here's my bump stock. Here's my here's my drop-in trigger. Pistol you know, brace. Here's what's that? Pistol brace. Here's my pistol brace. Yeah, that's the latest one. Right. Right here. Just I I will pay the the, the fine or uh, the licensing fee. Just don't turn me into a felon because I am a law-abiding gun owner. And the correct answer is defend the right. 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 If you're going to claim the right, you have to get everybody to agree with you. Yep. And we already know they don't. Right? Or you have to defend the, defend the right against the aggression. Yeah, there's a uh, – Skeeter keeps looking for, like, a, a way to reduce it or make it simpler or whatever. So, like, what you're saying is that the only rights you have are the ones you use. Yeah. Right? And, and again, you can defend it. Yes. Right? If, yeah. if, if you tout your – if you spout off, right, and you're like, I have the right to free speech and I will say what I want, and that leads you to getting punched in the face – Right, which you know the whole it can do. It can do. Yep. Right. Are you going to take that and like? But I have a right. Right. Are you going to like fight back and defend your right to free speech? Your choice. Right. 
These are you, the questions. If you're going to exercise your right, be able, be be prepared and able to defend it. If you're not, well, then, like you know, Skeeter probably agrees. Don't call it a right. It's not. Uh, let's move on. Let's go to this caller. You are on the air, unscreened. What is your first name, please? Chuck. Hey, Chuck. You're on Free Talk Live. What's in your mind? Hey, I heard you guys talking about the military a little while ago. Uh, I'm retired military, 24 years Navy. Mm-hmm. And um, you talked about education. And I manage a small business here in Farmington, New Mexico. And what the trend I've been seeing over the years is the kids coming out of high school don't have the education that we did earlier. Uh, can I ask a, your approximate age just for reference? How old are you? You betcha. I just celebrated my Medicare birthday. Uh, your Medicare so I'm birthday? 65. 60, okay. All right, all right. So I'm 51. So I have an idea of what you're talking about. I, I actually dropped out of high school. Not because I wasn't smart enough to pass, but because I found high school to be oppressive. Uh, I found it uh, not challenging at all. Uh, I found it rote. I found it uh, ridiculous. Uh, And so I dropped out in freshman year, at the end of my freshman year. My grades were still good enough that they gave me a passing grade. I missed like a whole quarter of freshman year. But they were like, no, let's pass that guy. And then I went and got my GED. Like, and like, no one has ever asked me for my GED or my diploma. No one, not one employer. I've had a bazillion jobs since then. No one. I could have said, I have a four-year degree from such and such college. And they'd have been like, yeah, sure, whatever. Didn't you have to take the GED twice? Or am I thinking of somebody else? I did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Only because they thought I cheated. Yeah. Because they they were like, it was the pre-GED test before they allowed you to take the GED. They wanted to make sure you didn't need like remedial math or reading or something before taking the GED. So they give you this pre-GED and they were like... uh, uh, well, we want you to take a second pre-GED test. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, we've never had anybody score this high before. And I'm like, so I have to take it again? And I'm like, oh, you guys think I was cheating. They're like, no, 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 we're not saying that. <laughs> they're not saying it, but their actions are saying right? Right. And I'm like, all right, fine. Give me the second. I scored higher the second time. Nice. Because when I get angry, I'm like, oh, I'll show you MFers. I never scored as high, huh? You know, so I beat my own score, right? It's like playing a video game, right? You know, I have the highest score. I'm going to beat it. So, yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Chuck. Well, a little history about me real quick. Um, My son was murdered in 2001, right after three days after 9-11. I remember him calling me up on 9-11 saying, Dad, I want to join the military. And And I was looking to go back in myself. And so um, there's a sense of patriotism there. And now I would not recommend a young man join the military. In saying that, I retired with 24 years. I learned a lot, did a lot. But I, in good conscience, I could not recommend the military to a young man or a young lady. That's part of what you guys were talking about on last night's show, yeah? Yeah, we, we had an article that talked about how even current military, active military, are telling their children, no, don't go into the military. And I think that's what Chuck is you know, calling yeah. in about opining on. 2001, I would have been proud to serve with my son and go back active duty. I could not say that today. So what was, not that I don't what was, the, what was the deciding factor for you? Where, where has it gone where you have changed your opinion? Uh, politics. We've weaponized the military to do their bidding. And I'll give you an example. Ukraine. Why are we in that shithole? Oh. <laughs> LRN.FM. Love your sentiment, but we can't let you cuss on the air. 
sadly. I know it was a slip-up, but feel free to call again another time. Just keep in mind, uh, it is broadcast radio. FCC radio and, uh Yeah, we're, we're, we're not defending free speech here. <laughs> we're complying with the FCC in order to maintain our radio program. 603-283-6160 is the number. Uh, we'll be back. Free Talk Live. And we're back. And we're live. And we're free. And we're talking. Mostly free. Well, it's Free Talk Live anyway. Can't even say what you want. It, it doesn't cost call. you anything to call except for maybe a... As long as this is even a thing drop a dime. anymore, is, I don't think long distance exists anymore, does it? Eh, like, international calls are still a Like, thing. if you're outside of the 603 area code and you call 603-283-6160 to be on this show, do you get charged long distance? Not on my cell phone, Not on I your don't. cell phone. Yeah. Maybe yeah. if you still have a landline. I don't know. Wow. Even that's dropping. Wow. I'm that old. The, the next step is international calls, because I still think it costs a few pennies that does. to call Canada and Mexico. Yeah, we had uh, uh, Jason Henza called us from Mexico last night. Okay. And uh, I don't know what that took or how to do it. Maybe it's he's a, got a U.S. cell phone. It's the same roaming. concept, yeah. man. Yeah. like we, we can go all the way across the United States from L.A. to New York, but like... Acapulco to <laughs> San Antonio's a few bucks, or like Canada's like closer to us than right. like Austin, yeah. Texas. But somehow it's free from Austin. If I want to call Quebec, I got to pay. Yeah. but I can call all the way down to Austin, no problem. I think cell phone plans you just update your plan to international and right. But I'm I'm suggesting that that concept needs to go the way of the dodo, much like long distance did. Yeah, yeah. Like, are we not to that point yet? Are they still? Are they? Is it's the greedy capitalist in the uh, in the cell phone networks? Text. Yeah, we, we've gotten past that, too. Yeah. Uh, in the studio, it's myself, the captain. Richie Rich. Matt P. Uh, before we go on, I want to tell you that this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Last year, Dash launched a killer app that allows you to spend Dash at over 155,000 locations across the United States, including major retailers, and you get a discount for paying in Dash. It's not all of them. Some of them, there's no discount. But some of them, there's, you know, five, six. I've seen 8%, depending on, you know, the day or what they're offering at at this particular point. But it's pretty cool. Uh, So you have a reason to spend your crypto. It's called Dash Direct. I use it. I was using it, actually, long before Dash was even sponsoring Free Talk Live again here because I thought it was cool. Uh, I was uh, using Dash to buy stuff at, like, Home Depot. I'm doing a light remodel on my house, you know, doing some construction and getting rid of some... My house is old, and so it needs some updating, right? Well, Nothing I've, I've heard some of the updates, though, and I don't know if I'd call it light remodel at this point. Well, I mean, <laughs> when you get into remodeling your house, one thing leads to <laughs> another. You're like, oh, I guess I better replace that in order to get to the next thing that we're going to do. And so, yeah, it's <laughs> it's turned into more than... Longer and more money. This is how these things go, right? Whatever yeah. your your budget is for your home improvement project, you should double it. In tech, they, I've heard it called the upgrade cascade because everything you replace, you got to replace something more and more and more. Yep. At any rate, uh, Dash Direct is available on Apple or Android. Uh, the stores on Dash Direct each offer their own discount level, but some are as high as eight to nine percent off. 
Dash is the only cryptocurrency with incentives to spend rather than hold, thanks to Dash Direct. Uh, Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies, widely available on exchanges and in multiple, or I'm sorry, in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get, easy to use. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And thank you to the Dash DAO, the Decentralized Autonomous Organization, for providing us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. That's Dash.org. So, all right. We have some more calls to get to. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? It's going to be this guy. I believe it's Jerome in South Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Trump train. Choo-choo. Hello. Hello. Yes, Trump train. Hey, by the way, hey, Richie Rich. He said, where can I get me one of those uh, one of those Trump University college degrees? Is there a Trump University? Yeah, that's where they, he, he, a couple of years ago, they were advertising he had a Trump University. I, I, I've been looking for the location. I can't find it. Oh. You think you could help me? It's probably just an online university. Also, too, Jerome, you could probably just make like a generic certificate and then put like Trump <laughs> University on it. And I did that in PowerPoint. Yeah. And then I created my own diploma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I would, hey, if you're looking way. for a university degree, Jerome, try the Mises University first and see where that takes you. Where, you, you said you have a master's degree. Where's yours, where's yours from? Gonzaga University. Oh, the Bulldog. Yeah. Washington. Is there? Okay. Yep. A reputable university, too. Very reputable. Hey, yeah. it, it ain't Penn, it ain't Harvard. It's not Yale. Yeah, he didn't go to community college. Yeah. But here's here's the irony about, like, the master's degree at Gonzaga University for in the business program. Okay. Right? Just about everything we read was out of the Harvard Business Review. It was, it hmm. was the same stuff they teach at Harvard for a fraction of the price. Harvard. It's not Harvard. It's, it's not. Harvard. It's absolutely not. Harvard. Harvard. Yeah. Okay. You have to talk like Winston Powell III. No, because I didn't go to Harvard. I'm not from Boston. Right. The Crimson. Yeah. The Crimson is Harvard. I saw that Darling. when I was in college. I went to Johnson & Wales in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, and a lot of my professors were also professors at Brown University. Mm. And I'm like... We had Johnson & Wales here in Charleston. You do? One time. Yeah. So you, you get we the same to, information. Same information. Fraction of the price. Uh, yeah. On a discount. So, now, it doesn't well, network as well I, when you get out of school. But still, I was wondering, uh, how's he gonna how's he gonna wrangle off the hook on this new uh, espionage charge? Hey, by the way, just let me give you some uh, some uh, talk about that. I spent eight years in the military, okay, in the Air Force. Sorry, I, I handled classified I handled classified information for eight years. I had to check people out of this one um, base I worked at. I had to check people every day. I was outside. I was outside the built, not outside, but at my post to make sure they didn't take any classified information unwittingly you got out of the paid building. Paid to feel up Five other military members. Five days a week, okay. Loads and loads and loads of classified information. Is that a roll of documents in your pocket, or are you just hell, happy to see me? <laughs> who, who in the hell uh, houses classified information in their bathroom and a room? Without any security or whatsoever. Every he president ever. Do. Yeah, because they're the president. They don't check out like the rest of the military does oh, at your yeah? post. You seen Obama do it? Yeah. Huh? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Hillary yeah. did it. When? Oh, Shredder. When? Oh, uh, during their presidency. During no. their presidency. When? Yes, they all take when? classified documents home. That you saw them 
Where's the evidence you saw them handling classified information like Trump done? Well, Where? I never even saw Trump handling seen. classified information. So uh, if I say I have no evidence for any of them ever handling classified information, I redirect the question to you, Jerome. Where's your evidence that Trump handled any classified information, that you saw him handle any classified information? Did you hear that tape of him saying that? Nope. Showing these people the class fighter or about attacking Iran. Nope. Oh, yeah. They want World War Three. All so that stuff can be faked. Off. How do you know it's authentic? Yeah. No, it ain't fake, man. How do you it know? Ain't fake. How do you know? It ain't fake. How do you know? How do you know that it's that not fake, Jerome? Guy, that guy ain't playing. How he do you know? Playing. Even if it's this true. It's not a joke. Even this if it's not true. A joke, man. Even if it's true. Right. It is true. The the precedent that Trump is relying on, right, is that Every other president before him has no, a stash of classified documents. No, 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 you're wrong. Right. Bi- you're Biden wrong. got caught with no. the Corvette in the garage and out in the open. Yeah. Richie Rich is definitely in. alive, and I'm pretty sure he's and correct. He turned it yeah. all in. He turned everything in. He After he in. took it away and got caught. <laughs> yeah, he got caught, and he turned it in. Trump didn't turn anything in. In fact, he tried to, he was keeping it. He refused to turn it over to them. Many times they gave him many times to turn it over, yeah. and he refused to do it. That's why he's in the position he's in now. That's fine. He's uh, talking about people coming to get him. He's helping uh, them right. do it. But you're you're hung up on the fact that he t- he took the documents. I had to stop and frisk everyone at my post. How did Trump get out of the White House with all these documents? And the answer is the same way all the other presidents did. And the only Look. discerning difference between the two is when caught. Trump didn't turn them back in, right? So yeah, Biden went, ah, oh, you got me, right? Hillary went, well, illegal. I don't have the servers anymore. Which is illegal. Which is, he's talking about locking people up. Look what that, no way. You believe in comment? He's running his mouth about locking I love up. how when Look Jerome gets, like, into it, his voice goes up huh? like this, and he gets talking a little bit higher than he was talking before. Well, you sound so ridiculous in your defense of him. That's why. I'm not defending him. You asked why you think, why we think he could get away with it, and the answer is because there's precedent set yes. for all the presidents doing it. How could he look, get away with know, this? Same as all the others. You know, look, you know what I remember Mitch McConnell saying about a thing about Obama? Look, no, we don't, we don't know what you remember. Look, Jerome, we don't remember. Look. We're going to do everything uh, we, we made can you cough. Uh-huh. You ever heard a comma, man? You ever heard a comma? You know what comma does uh, to you? Hey, thanks for the call, Jerome. Huh? 603-283-6160. Let's go yeah, to put you in that position after eight years of military service. Let's go to service. this guy. To uh, what is your first name? You're live on Free Talk Live. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. What's your first name, please? Uh, you can make one up. Tough is, question. Uh, and don't lie, we have caller ID. <laughs> you yeah, can make... My name is uh, Mateo. What's up? Mateo, hey. You're on Free Talk Live. You're live on the air. What's on your mind? Uh, don't hold back. This is your moment to shine. Are you? Do you have the radio on in the background? You're gonna have to turn that off because there's a delay and you won't be able to have a, a good conversation with us. I'm gonna put you back on hold. Turn your radio off in the background. I'll bring you back on in a minute. You know, the question. What's your name? Uh. <laughs> Hello. Uh. <laughs> No, you got a long it. Uh, 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 uh. uh, let's talk to this guy. I think I know who this is. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name, please? 
My Don't name lie, is we have Carl Carl ID. Axelman. Okay. Hey, Alou. That checks hey, out. Hey, Alou. You're live on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I wanted to respond. I'm still a few days behind on the podcast. I wanted to respond to the Supreme Court cases. I know Captain Kickass and whoever else is there uh, cares very deeply about the Supreme Court and all of the other uh, people in D.C. who are our lords, especially those with long black robes. So I wanted to explain um, there was a recent case about affirmative action, which is essentially the federal policy that requires colleges to have um, certain amounts of, of people or, or certain lower admission standards for people that the federal government thinks is dumber, like black people, which which it's sick that they're racist and the federal government, D.C. politicians, Democrats think that black people are so dumb they need a lower uh, standards on their standardized tests. To get they to tweeted about it afterwards. Yeah, they said black people, well, I, I'm paraphrasing, but they were like, black people will never be able to make it on a merit system. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, so <laughs> what? How racist can you possibly be? I, I think I've written uh, two, one or two articles on libertyblock.com over the last few years saying, and the, and the title is, blacks are stupid says federal government Democrats, um, and people got upset about the title, but that's literally what their, their policy is. The Democrat National Committee platform says they're so dumb they can't get an ID, so whatever ID is racist because no blacks know how to get IDs because they're so stupid. So, yeah, you know, it's all been disproven. But anyway, but I wanted, I wanted to explain how the Supreme Court case works, and it's similar to uh, the Bruin case, the other gun cases, and pretty much every case. Okay, go the ahead. Supreme Court almost never rules in the favor of liberty or the Constitution. Um, but even when they do, it doesn't matter because they have loopholes. And even when there are no loopholes for the authoritarians to violate our rights, still it doesn't matter because you, guess what? The only institution in the federal government that I know of that doesn't have a SWAT team that enforces what they say is the Supreme Court. So like Andrew Jackson said, I believe, a long time ago, the president, the Supreme Court made the decision, now let them come enforce it, like them and what army. So the nine old people in black robes, their mean age is like 70. They're not going to use physical force to physically force these people, right. the colleges, to not be racist. But also, they did, they did leave a big loophole in this one. They said they can't have strict quotas, like saying we're reserving 40% of our seats for black people and only 1% for Asians and whites. But they can use race in part of their standards, um, part of their admissions for applicants right. um, for these colleges. If the, if you know the applicant says in part of their admissions essay that I had a hard time growing up because of my my color and blah blah whatever, so it's part of my difficulties in life, um, my adversity. So so it really gives them a massive loophole that is so wide open that I think it's a nothing burger. So I'm not sure why conservatives and libertarians are celebrating. Well, what I don't, I guess I don't understand why libertarians are celebrating anyway, right? Because don't we as libertarians defend uh, individuals' rights to discriminate based on whatever they want, and extend that to corporations and you know companies and whatever? Yes, and right. I've written a few articles about okay. about discrimination, how how it's the ultimate, like one of the the foundational natural rights of humans right. to discriminate. That so, being said, uh, these colleges take a lot of federal government money, uh, and they are essentially very much like a government institution. That's okay. why they shouldn't be able to discriminate. So they, so we would say that they should be able to discriminate based on whatever they want. If it's forty percent black, two percent white, and one percent Asian or yes. whatever, but then the federal government doesn't give them any funding. But perfectly yeah, so fine. The federal government shouldn't exist, and therefore they shouldn't fund anything, okay. especially colleges, especially forcing you and me to pay for it. Agreed. All right. But discrimination, totally cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan of discrimination. In fact, I discriminate against um, Chinese people. I've never dated a Chinese girl, and I discriminate against Coke because I only drink Pepsi. 
and I discriminate against California because I live in New Hampshire and I never have been to California. I never want to. You're such so a bigot. So I discriminate. Oh. Everyone discriminates. Every single decision every person <laughs> makes, every human is inherently discriminatory because they choose one over another, and that's the nature of the word decision. Yeah. So, well, and it, it also uh, you know gets us to preferences, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where uh, I always talk about. Uh, we all have different preferences. We all have different needs. I'm probably the best person to decide what my own preferences are. Uh, and uh, if you try to force your preferences on me, you're always in the wrong. But I really want to go to Harvard, and I can't. Well. But I should be allowed in on a merit-based system because I'm smarter than 40% of the applicants. <laughs> <laughs> Says you, right? But like, if they just don't like that you have a beard... And oh, don't want yeah. you to go go to their school. They should be allowed to be like, sorry, Rich, you're rich. We don't like your beard. You're not coming here. Terrible. I'm taking it to the Supreme Court. The burrito Supreme Court? Maybe. Sour cream and onions and green peppers and olives? Yeah, and we saw a similar thing with the Supreme Court with the gun cases. There were a few decent ones, McDonald's, DC versus Heller, and the latest one, Bruin versus uh, New York State or whatever. Um, the same thing. They said... Uh, you can have some regulations on guns or you have to allow for the permit. You can't be a a shall not issue state. You have to be a a shall issue or may issue state. And what New York state said and New York City said or whatever is they're authoritarian. So we'll give you the permit, but you can't carry in sensitive places. And sensitive places includes all buildings that can have adults or children or commerce or education or other things or public or sensitive or potential dangers. So what kind of a permit is that? That, that well, it means you can carry in your own bathtub if you're alone. Ooh. There was a dude that defended himself with a shower gun. That's a real thing. So <sighs> I you don't have get, one, get so one. I got to get a shower gun. That's true. So, and, and again, I'll go back to what I said earlier, right? Fine. You want to exercise your right to the Second Amendment mm-hmm. in New York, and they're aggressing against that quote-unquote right. What are you going to do? Right? Are you going to let them take it, or are you going to defend against it? And if you and if you let them take it, then stop calling it a right, right, and just move about your life and business as a, a law-abiding citizen. I'm a disarmed law-abiding citizen. Well, I moved. Um, I was in New York City, and I moved. And yeah, well, uh, the, you the, did the, the smart thing. Union was yeah. one of the biggest reasons. But yeah, I mean, if you're implying that a right is only a right if you are willing to die to defend it. I'm not sure that I'd necessarily agree. I, I think. Oh no, that's what I'm na- implying. I've said natural it. rights. Yeah, I mean, I, I think natural rights are you know kind of hard to define and describe, and that's why you have to have a like-minded community, like you have in the, in the free state of New Hampshire. That's why my um, definition is two parts. Skeeter. Yeah. But what is it? Those the rights, the things that you agree in that which society, is agreed upon by the community, or that which you can defend against. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so maybe I do agree, um, especially focusing on, on the fact that the whole society, you know, in general, New Hampshire ideally agrees that we have certain natural negative rights. Yeah, but if they change their mind and aggress, right, you're either going to lose the right or you're going to defend against it. And if you yeah, can lose the right, that. right, then was it a right to begin with or do you have to defend it? Yeah, there is a uh, a trend, if you will, that I've noticed over the course of my 51 years on planet Earth, particularly in the United States, uh, it's the it's I think uh, boiling frogs is probably the most uh, uh-huh. popular analogy, and this is where uh, you know they just slowly take away your rights a little bit at a time so that you don't notice that they're gone. But what it is high time for, I think, 
is for people to start standing up, whether it's verbally, physically, standing up for yourselves, standing up for your family, standing up for your neighbors, your community. It's definitely time for that type of an action. We have, uh, this is a holiday weekend for most of the United States. Uh, There's something that most people now call July 4th. I can't call it that. Session day. I can't call it that. I call it Independence Day. And I don't call it Independence Day to like appeal to your sense of patriotism or your former statism or, or anything like that. I call it that because this is a day with wh- when which individuals should examine themselves. How independent am I? Where am I not independent in my life? How can I be more independent? How can I help others be more independent? And for most people outside of New Hampshire, right? go ahead and celebrate your independence after you get your permit for fireworks. Right. And your barbecue. Yeah. Good. How's that independence working out for you? Did, did you know that there are places where you have to get a permit to have to grill? I like, did not know. Like on your property? Okay. Yeah. That's another weird one, right? Yeah. Like, like, what, I can't fire up my grill? I can't throw some pork chops on the barbecue? If the if the smoke and smell wafts to your neighbor, are you, are you violating the NAP on their sense of smell? <laughs> that is a debate that I've had, and it's a weird one. Well, even close to New England, I think, like, Vermont has a thing where you can't have an open, like, backyard fire. Open you pit? have to have, like, yeah, a chimney over it or something. Okay. Well, yeah, like, even the meat is going to be illegal, too, once you go over your daily carbon allowance or something with the Green New Deal. Oh, right, yeah. 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 So are are we going to allow them to take away those rights, or are we going to stand up for something? I suspect the majority of the population in the United States of America will go, well, I guess we'll just have to have a corn roast then instead of, like, burgers and dogs and steaks. Which, well, which is why it's happy. more the 4th of July than it is Independence Day. Right. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, just eat the bugs. <laughs> just eat the bugs. Hey, Alu, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160. Yeah, I, 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 the reason I refer to it as Independence Day is because, well, I sure would like a lot more people to think of being independent than currently do. Uh, people falsely celebrate this, this, this holiday for the wrong reason, right? They're like, oh, I get some time off work. Oh, I get to barbecue and camp. It's like, that's not what this holiday you know, well, it's, it's supposed even to be like remotely that. about, you know what I mean? It's, it's it really, why we have the fireworks. That's what most of the holidays are. They just take the day off work instead of understanding what they actually have the day off for. Yeah. And so that bugs me. It's one of the reasons that I, uh, my, my EP drops on Independence Day. Uh, it's called Eleutheromania. If you don't know what that means, it means an insatiable desire for freedom. And all three songs on the EP are, are exactly that. They are you know, songs about being more independent, about uh, you know, what has gone on, what has caused the lack of independence that we've seen just in, in the time that I've been alive. Uh, you can find out more about that at CaptainKickass.com. The telephone number in the studio is 603-283-6160 if you'd like to join us. Coming up, we still have our number two story to get to. And we also want to talk about what's popping off in France. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Well done, man. Yeah. Feel I'm like, rehearsed. 
I, I feel like you're one of us now. Oh. Somehow. Nice. I mean, you were already, but, right. you know. It's official now. Now, now you've been initiated, right? This is the, uh, the, the, the hazing has ended. That was it. <laughs> it was painless. <laughs> it is Free Talk Live. As a libertarian hazing should be. <laughs> right. It's the Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. The telephone number six zero three two eight three six one six zero in the studio. It's myself, the captain, Richie Rich, Matt P. Uh, before we go on, Free Talk Live listeners, we're asking you for a favor. As you perhaps already know, Ian Freeman, this show's founder, was recently convicted of various victimless crimes. He's facing up to twenty years in prison. We can argue all day as to if the jury was mistaken, but that's not going to get us anywhere. What will be helpful is if you were to write a letter to the Honorable Joseph LaPlante about Ian's character, how he has helped the community, helped you, helped your family, helped your friends, whatever it is, and why you think he deserves a light sentence. Saying things about yourself that give your opinion weight with government may also be helpful, such as if you served in the military or if you held office, something along those lines uh, would be something to mention. Ian is a selfless man that has always tried to do what he thinks is right since I've known him. It would be a tragedy if he had to spend any time at all in prison. We do need these letters quickly, so don't put it off. Send your letter for Ian Freeman to 63 Emerald Street, number 610, Keene, New Hampshire, 03431. If you didn't get all that written down, that's okay. All the info you need is at letters.freetalklive.com. That's letters.freetalklive.com. Thank you to everybody who sent a letter so far, but keep them coming. We need them, and we need them as soon as you can write them. I don't know if I've said this on air recently, but Ian is probably the most principled person I've ever met. Consistent, yeah. Consistently principled. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. Yep. Yeah, and, like, you're not the only person to tell me that. People that I've, like, who have met Ian or whatever, but I've never met, uh, when they, like, particularly at Porkfest and Forkfest, yep. uh, I'm meeting all sorts of people, and, you know, they've been listening to Free Talk Live or whatever, and, and they, oh, hey, I just want to let Ian know we're thinking about it. Let Ian know we care. Let Ian know. Let Ian know. And and they all say the same thing. They're like, he is the most principled libertarian I've ever met. He consistently, uh, d- you know, does what he says, uh, and he maintains his principled position, and he's able to defend it. Yep. Right? Uh, and so that's impressive. I uh, desire to be that consistent. In my, I'm, I'm human. I'm fallible. I'm going to make mistakes. It happens. Uh, yeah. Mark, but he makes far less than yeah. the rest of us. Mark jokes that he's uh, Spock okay. of the libertarian community, that yeah. Ian is Spock of the libertarian community. And, uh, like, I can't really argue that with him. You know, he, he is that consistent with his logic. Yep. So, yeah, uh, letters.freetalklive.com, everybody. Uh, let's just continue on with your calls. Let's go back to Mateo. You're on Free Hello? Talk Live. Yes. All right. So I wanted to bring up. A political theory. So you guys are libertarians, right? Allegedly. All right. So this is going to sound a little bit crazy, but <gasps> Stalin gosh. himself, you know, Joseph Stalin. I, I don't know him personally, but sure. Uh, he was a libertarian. Now, I will explain this. Uh, just give me a moment. His, his collective system, you know, the collectivization that mm. he did in the 1930s. Vaguely. 
Well, it wasn't actually a state uh, institution. It was more of a civil institution that, uh, what's the word for it? Murdered a whole bunch of people? That's all I know about no, okay. Murdered a whole bunch of people. Okay. No, he didn't murder anyone. Oh, okay. Well, Ordered the murder of a whole bunch of people. That's like saying Hitler no. didn't kill anyone. Right. Well, he didn't. The Holocaust didn't happen. <laughs> oh, we have to die. The wooden doors. <laughs> Here we go. I, explain the wooden doors in Auschwitz. I'm sorry. You were going to make a, a point about Stalin, so let's continue down yeah. that road. So about the Kulak, the Kulak system, that was something that was never a part of uh, the Russian peasant culture. It's, it's much different. Um, when Americans see this collectivization process, they see it like, oh, taking away your rights. But the public farms, they were never owned by the state. They were civil institutions. Okay. They, the thing is, like, Stalin, he made it like the, the land just couldn't be bought and sold, but it had nothing to do with the government. And that prevents monopolies. And that is the same issue that America has today. It has a lot of monopolies, especially with, like, major foreign companies buying out farmland and they're attacking the American farmers. I'm sure you know that. How does, how does preventing people from buying and selling land make Joseph Stalin a libertarian? Yeah, that's... That's you mentioned that Joseph Stalin was libertarian, and that's the part I'm curious about. How did you make that determination? Well, because of his economic policies that he was going to enact. Okay, uh, so you do understand that libertarian is more than just economic policy, correct? Yeah. Okay. He was a libertarian. That means I like, mean, you, you've claimed it multiple so times. His, I'm still waiting for a defense of it. In his writings. In his measures for elevating collective farm property, he says, what measures are necessary to raise collective farm property, which, of course, is not public property, to the level of public national property? Some people think that it is the thing to do is simply to nationalize collective farm property, to proclaim it public property in the way that was done in the past in the case of capitalist property. Such a proposal would be absolutely wrong and quite unacceptable. Collective farm property is socialist property, and we simply cannot choose it in the same way as capitalist property. From that collective farm property is not public property. It by no means follows that it is not socialist property. These people believe that the conversion of the property of individuals or groups of individuals into state property is the only or at any rate the best form of nationalization. But that is not true. The fact is that conversion into state property is not the only way or even the best form of nationalization. This is not true. The fact is that conversion into state property is not the only or even the best form. As Engels quite rightly says in the anti-duty, is he reading from unquestionably, so long I mean, if he's making the argument, I'll, I'll hear the argument. State property is the most natural initial form of nationalization, but the state will not exist forever. With the extension of the sphere of operational socialism in the majority of the countries in the world, the state will die away. And of course, the conversion of property of individuals or groups of ind individuals into state property will consequently lose its meaning. The state will have died away, but society will remain. Hence, the here of public property will then be, be not the state, which will have died away, but society itself in the shape of central directing and the economic body. The collective form was a civilized, civil institution, as I said before. Uh, the whole Kulak system with the farmers and everything, that was created by a guy named Piotr Sulitin. 
and that was in 1908. Okay, so Stalin's, not, Stalin's not, prediction that the state will go away is your defense that yes. he was a libertarian. I'm not even done. So well, I don't know how much longer we're going to let you Yeah, I mean, you, you sound like you're reading from a book. If you're not able to articulate yeah, your defense without reading from a book, then you probably shouldn't be calling. I don't I don't mind the reading from a book, but we're not producing an audiobook podcast here either, right? So if you have a book recommendation for people to read. I'm quoting. I said I was quoting it. Understood, but that sounded at least like a page. Okay, page can you stop interrupting? LRN.FM. So much for Daryl Johnston. Mateo? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, uh, the call ID read Daryl Johnston. Yeah, well, I, so, I told him not to lie. Yeah. And, and so and we have did. it. Yeah. So there we have it. I uh, think the point is you can find libertarian aspects of probably anybody out there, but that doesn't mean that all their policies are libertarian. That was my point about Maj earlier. Right. It's a right. one-issue guy. Right. And also, too, like if you're going to get upset uh, because you called into a show, and you're unable to make your point to a point where you're going to, you know, start calling us names and, you know, using bad words. And we gave him a long leash. Yeah. That was a long leash that was to pretty read a long. chapter of a book. Yeah, that was pretty long. So, Mateo. Better luck next time. Thank you very little. It was ungratefully depreciated. Nice. <laughs> Moving right along, let's go to this guy. It's Ricky from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. No doubt. Now, I'll tell you what, Miss Bonnie did that. And she made my heart go bumpity, bumpity, bumpity. And I don't know if you sure that was your heart, it, but I rewarded that. No doubt. I'm going to be taking care of that in a couple of days, no doubt, because it makes me feel so happy. She sounded so cute when she said it, too, no doubt. You know, He's got the I have to follow this last caller now. I, I, you know, I had a whole other topic in mind, but I, it, it kind of bleeds into this. I'm going to be talking about Jerome in a minute now. I have to admit, you know, I heard what you were called there, Richie, a certain slang term that means ignorant Negro. Now, I've been called that. But, you know, when I grow up, you're around my age, Captain. You're about one year off, I mean, a couple of months, whatever. You know, I'm almost 50. Now, growing up, I have to admit the popular term I was called was cracker. You know? Somebody brought up uh, Cracker Barrel on last night's show, and I thought, why would you ever stuff a perfectly good white person into a barrel? Well, you know what? And I remember growing up. Now, I understood that one. And I said, I ain't no Cracker, you know? I always, hang, on, hang on, Ricky, Ricky, Are hang you on. sure? I, I always, do you know what white labeling is? Are you familiar with this term? This is where, white uh, labeling. yeah, this is where you go to a company who, like, you want to start your own product, right? I want to make water bottles, right? These right. reusable water bottles. Uh, but I want them to say kick-ass water bottles, right? I don't want them to say Duraflask or whatever, right? I want, them, I want them to say kick-ass water bottles. So I go to a company that already makes these, and I go, hey, can I get a white label deal? And this is where they manufacture the product, and then they just put my logo on their existing product already, right? And then I get it at a wholesale price. This is called white labeling. So what I want to do is I want to go to a saltine cracker manufacturing company and go, hey, can I get a white label deal? And what I want to do is I want to make like the low budget, low bottom shelf saltine crackers that are, are their brand is apostrophe SUP. That's the brand mm-hmm. name of the crackers so that when somebody's walking through the aisle of the grocery store and they come down to the crackers and they look and they go, sup crackers? Nice. 
No, oh, I get it. No, that, that, that's that took a while to get there, but I totally get oh, it. Is this it's coming from part. Ricky. It took a while. What do you mean, Ricky? You're the king of taking a while to get there. What are you? You gonna criticize me? Well, king of the slow the, burn. I at least got there, and I made a joke. I like it. I like it. And you know, it's pretty witty, and that's exactly it. But the reality is. I don't know who's been hitting people with a whip. I mean, yeah, the British did that, but I think, you know, I'm a, I, I sure as hell didn't. But here's the one I'm thinking about, honky. To this day, I still don't know what the hell a honky is. Does anybody enlighten me, the you guys, or anybody out there? I probably probably stems from the old, like, country bars and the honky-tonks. Oh, I don't know about that. Is it? That's what I thought. Do you think so? I, that's the closest estimation I have. I have no research. idea the etymology of honky. I have uh, skin shade clue. versus a pig. <laughs> but here's, here's skin shade versus a pig's skin, uh, skin color. Oh, hmm. okay, maybe. Well, here's what my topic was about. Now I was sitting, it's funny I hear this guy that earlier I heard Jerome. Now it's funny. Now, I've, I've heard Jerome since I came back. No, I'm not new. But you know, this ain't 2017 anymore. There's a whole new No one thing. remembers you from 2017. I'm getting to know you now and different people. And to me, I listen to all the callers. I think that's important, just as much as hosts. But I listen to Jerome. And, you know, I have to admit, you know, it does seem from time to time, you know, he does, A, he does seem to have some, some race issues here and there. But like, like a certain tyrannical son of a bitch said, who am I to say? Okay, that being said, but that aside, I've never once heard him say a word against Ricky from the Commonwealth. Is it because I have the word Democrat, you know, in there? I mean, I'm the Confederate Democrat. And that's more than just a session. I'll say that right now. But I've never I mean, heard Jerome say anything. To against. be fair, how much how many other callers does Jerome talk smack about? Wait, wait, wait. So so you're talk about a couple of them. Hang on, Ricky. So you're you you're calling to say why has Jerome never mentioned you by name? Well, I'm surprised he had. And plus, the, maybe he thinks also. Talk about ego. What an attention whore. Hey, callers, call in and talk about me yeah. and my call. Yeah. Why don't you ever talk about me? Hey, thanks for the call, Ricky. Uh, <laughs> the next time. The nerve of that guy. I don't know why he never talks about me. <laughs> Oh my! Try gosh. to draw him out by being even more racist than usual, Ricky, and maybe it'll grab his attention. Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, all right, so we have a couple of things to talk about. Um, this from CNN: Grandmother of teen killed in police stop calls for calm as France prepares for sixth night of violence. <laughs> I love French riots. <laughs> Why are they different than you know other riots? Are they battered yeah. in egg and dipped before they're fried or something? No, because eventually they'll like you know pull the monarch out of the castle and cut his head off, right? Do you know like the you know the cliff notes of what's going on in France? Because I only looked no. through this article briefly. I heard that things were popping off. I saw some videos of you know things on fire and people rioting and yeah. people shooting and stuff like that. French know how to do it. And I was like, oh. problem is they do it for socialism. I was like, and oh. not more freedom. What's going on in France? So I'm looking. I'm just skimming through here to see if they have a a summary. But uh, here we go. France has been rocked. By a wave of protests following the death of Nahal, a 17-year-old Algerian descent who was shot by a police officer 
earlier in the week and whose funeral took place on Saturday at a mosque in the Paris suburb amid heavy security presence. See? Police brutality burned the country down. Yeah, we isn't this what happened in, in Minneapolis, basically, when they burned Similar. the police precinct yeah right the cop killed a kid they had a funeral and then riots ensued right? it was the first time that the rioters got like the building correct because usually they just blow up a starbucks yeah right but they were like no nope, we're doing the police station yeah i went fantastic yeah so keep uh, that up the youth's death in france has reignited a debate on policing in france's marginalized communities and raised questions over whether race was a factor in his death uh, no, statism was a factor in his death. If you didn't have this behemoth organization uh, that only knows one way to do things, and that is by coercion, that is the actual delivery of violence or the threat of violence, uh, these things would be uh, a non-factor. There is a GoFundMe page in support of the family that's been set up uh, for the police officer accused of fatally shooting the teenager. And nobody cares about that. Uh, and if you do, you're on the wrong side. This page was started by a TV pundit and claims the policeman only did his job and is now paying a hard price for it. Yeah, well, you know, how about you contribute some actual value to society? Uh, what did well, this person get murdered for again? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. The officer has been charged with voluntary homicide and placed in preliminary detention. Uh, the prosecutor said earlier this week, "Not, not the cop. Like, what, what did the kid do that was so egregious that it was a death penalty?" Uh, that is a good question. That's why I'm reiterating what Matt asked. Right. It doesn't say. I feel like he doesn't get enough attention when do- he asks a question. It doesn't say. <laughs> yeah, sorry. This article doesn't specify what the you know. In other words, it doesn't matter. Well, some on the off yeah, chance. It sure doesn't, yeah. Right. On the off chance, right? Uh, here's Rich coming to defend the cops again, right? On the off chance, occasionally, they do what their purview is, right? If this kid was, like, beating on an elderly lady, right? Sure. right, And they tried to yank him off, and he tried to stick the cop with the makeshift shiv or whatever, and the cop drew on him, right? But you would think the news media would be screaming that from the rooftops. You would think, which is why you got to ask, because uh, I didn't right. read the article and Captain scrolling rather quickly, um, but some sometimes it's justifiable, and even though it's the cops, right, you would expect the same response from private from a private defense force, or what you would be allowed to do in self-defense, sure. right? If you if the getting beat on by, you know, some 17-year-old Algerian or whatever he was, right, and he's coming at you with the shiv, Right, you have full rights to defend yourself against that aggression, and therefore can give it to someone else in agency. In this point, being the cop potentially, so we got to know we got to know what the kid was doing. If it's stealing a bag of you know Skittles and an iced tea, then you know it gets a little sketchy. Or well, getting pulled over for being Nigerian. It is interesting. Uh, this article does say that the majority of the protesters are youth. The of the more than two thousand people who've been detained, the average age is seventeen. Because it's one of them. So, so the kids are the kids are rioting. Yeah, this is not the adults. This isn't the well, you know, the thirty-year-olds. This isn't the fifty-year-olds. This is the the youth. Seventeen-year-old adults. Let's call it what it is. I mean, I yeah, I, I would consider, you know, anyone, uh, you know, probably sixteen and up. But good to on have them. the ability. 
right? Supposedly. It's the recognition that you are not exempt from police brutality all of a sudden, and you better start to make your voices heard before they try that nonsense with you. Yeah. So, at any rate, something's going on in France. Look it up. If you want to call about it, it's 603-283-6160. I have no idea, really. I... I've only seen the headlines on this, and this article, uh, you know, made it to our show prep. And sadly, uh, because it's a CNN article, it's poorly produced, <laughs> poorly written, and contains very little information. Uh, despite the fact that it's uh, three sections long, who goes to the mainstream media for show prep on this show? Well, it this came from a host that's not on the show tonight. Oh, okay, so and it's in France. I. I've just seen the headlines. I was like, oh, maybe we'll find out. Oh, and we'll, you know, so okay, here I'm we just, are. I'm just putting the other host on blast. That's all. Here we are. I don't even know who they are either. You do. Do I? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I probably do, but I really don't know who posted it. I'll uh, look. We do have uh, our number two story to get to. Uh, and this is from Reason uh, Florida cop jails toddler son for poopy pants. The number two story. <laughs> Uh, what a guy not timeout not you know not even some corporal punishment because he's probably for that as well but go to jail go directly to jail you will learn how to poop in how to poop in the toilet or else matt take a guess what state this is the story's from florida yeah very good yeah uh, florida cop the oh, only guy worse than florida man actually I, I i did cheat a little bit i did read through that but oh good Good recall. Because it's, e- it's even... Uh, that's not cheating. That's what you're it, supposed to do as a host. It's even Daytona, Florida, which is... You did your job I did, as yeah. a host? Be prepared, people. I don't know if you can be on well, this I didn't read through yet. that last one, so... <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get through a CNN article either. Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah. Uh, at any rate, a Florida police officer was reportedly under investigation after jailing his three-year-old son. Over, three-year-old. Over potty training trouble. Three-year-olds, dude. Three-year-olds. Right. I can't even imagine, like, how how brutal and authoritarian do you have to be? How how much do you have to live for your badge? Did he rub his nose in the dirty diaper? Oh, I guess it's better than beating his kid. I mean, forty other you know forty percent of cops do do that. So do 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 number two story. Number uh, two. Um, yes, but like in ways. Uh, torture is worse than physical abuse, or at least as bad. And this is definitely torture for a three-year-old. Three-year-old. Yeah. Three-year-old Did he put him in Gen Pop, or was it like a holding cell? <laughs> a solitary. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, the officer, Just Michael Michael Schoenbrod, B-R-O-D. S-C-H-O-E-N-B-R-O-D. I spell that just so you can go find him and ridicule him. Uh, told the Florida Department of Children and Families he had done the same thing with his other child when that child was age four and acted up in preschool. Good. Admitting guilt on more crimes. This. You think a cop would know not to talk to cops. I. (sighs) How old is the four-year-old now? I don't know. Still within the, the realm of the statute of limitations? I mean, oh, that's a good question. I guess it's similar to what they do with the Scared Straight program and everything, but this, but you, this guy's using city resources to punish his child. You, you scared have, Straight is you like teenagers that are assaulting people, right? Right. This is not a, a three. This is a three-year-old that hasn't gotten control of their bowels yet. You have to be able to understand the punishment 
for it to be effective. A three-year-old in no way, shape, or form understands what's happening to him other than dad's locking me up for what, right? Locking you know? him cuffed. He was put in handcuffs. I- there is a little bit more to this story. 603-283-6160 plus your calls. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Hour number three is next. So that's why. Well, because you're listening to us. I mean, it's an improvement over whatever it is you were doing. What else can go right? Congratulations. It's your lucky day. You get to listen to Free Talk Live. Yeah. And you can participate too. The telephone number is 603 283 6160. Again, 603 283 6160. We do have some calls on hold. We'll get to those momentarily. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Richie Rich. And Matt P. Before we go on, though, I want to say thank you to Eli123KY. Eli123KY is a silver level amplifier. What does that mean? That means Eli gives five bucks a month to the AMPS program. What is the AMPS program? Well, AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. Uh, this program helps get the show you're listening to, Free Talk Live, onto more radio stations than it's currently on. We're on somewhere around 180 radio stations. We could be on 200, 250, 300 radio stations. Not out of the question. It's all up to you. If you like the ideas of liberty, if you like the the hosts, the co-hosts, the callers, the variety of people that we have here on this show, the perspective of freedom, peace, and prosperity, then please consider becoming an amplifier over at Amps dot freetalklive.com that's amps.freetalklive.com you do get some little perks some little benefits such as uh, the uh, commercial free version of the show and the podcast uh, there's some other things in there too but that's not why you should contribute you should contribute because you want to help spread the message of freedom find out more over at amps.freetalklive.com thank you again eli123ky we appreciate you. I feel like at one point back in the day, we used to, you know, recommend, suggest, solicit uh, listeners who are listening to the podcast who don't have the logo feed on their radio station to reach out to the program director. And I feel like we don't do that enough anymore unless it's done and I just don't see it. Let's say there's a listener who, you know, is like, what do you mean, Richie Rich? What do I got to do? What would they have to do? Well, call your local program director. So find the program director for your local radio station that does like talk radio, right? Don't call the music station, right? And just put the bug in their ear about Free Talk Live. Hey, I'm listening to this show on the internet. They say they're a radio station. You know, would you consider carrying them in the hopes that when our program director, you know, when, when our staff reaches out to the program director, they've either heard of us, gotten a lot of solicitations for the call, or will reach out to us and say like, hey, we've gotten a lot of people interested in this on our station, you know, what do we got to do? Yeah, you can effectively be the Free Talk Live street team. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And all you got to do is, uh, you know, if you're hearing us on a not radio station or you're hearing us not on your local station, 
and you want to hear us on your local station, as long as it's talk radio, reach out to them. Figure yeah. out what their call letters are. Look up their uh, internet address. Uh, give them a call and say, hey, can you put Free Talk Live on your radio station? Yeah. It'd and be a tremendous help to us. And if you're on the local radio station, do the same thing. Just thank them for having our show on. Agreed. Good idea, Richie Rich. All right. Yeah. Um, I just want to finish talking about this, uh, Captain Poopy Pants number two story, because, uh, this Florida police officer is under investigation after jailing his three-year-old son over potty training trouble. He apparently did it to his elder child when that child was four years of age. So he actually said that apparently last year, the younger boy was brought to the Daytona Beach Shores public safety department on successive days last October and placed in jail. So on, bring your kid to work day? On the second occasion, the child was also handcuffed. This Schoen, is what daddy does to the bad people, son. Schoenbrod, that's the officer in question, told a DCF caseworker the boy was crying. I was getting the response I expected from him. The boy allegedly promised to never poop his pants again. In the grand scheme of bad cops and bad parents, Schoenbrod's actions are relatively minor. I disagree. This is not something that a three-year-old should be subjected to. This is an adult male with severe psychological problems, and he should be separated from his child immediately, if Ooh. not sooner. Okay. Who's, who should do that, Captain? Well, Put you on the spot. Uh, somebody close to the child. Okay. Right. Uh, if there's another parent, that parent, if there are relatives who are familiar with this particular person. The other parent, you mean the supporting wife with two black eyes? Right. Two black eyes? Yeah. Okay. 40% chance of that happening. Uh, yeah. What's the What's the police joke? Uh, what did the policeman's wife uh, say after the policeman hit her in the face? I don't know what. Uh, well, she turned the other cheek, and so he hit her again. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Or, uh, no, uh, how do you, uh, no, never mind, I'm not going to go there. Uh, in this case, it is Schoenbrod's sense of entitlement. He seems to think it's his right to use the public jail as a personal parenting tool. And his belief that scaring and confining people, including small children, is the best way to help them learn. He actually said the tears from the child was the response that he wanted yeah, that's one way to do it. I mean, uh, it, this is not how you teach a three-year-old to not poop their pants. I'm sorry. Like this is child abuse, is what this is. And I'm, I'm not going to disagree. And uh, in uh, l l we were talking about third-party defense. Yeah, right? someone related to this child needs to come to this child's defense. Sure. Right. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Like this guy violated the nap on his own child. Near as I could tell. And so somebody else needs to come to this child. Would we care if he built the dungeon in his basement and handcuffed the child and threw him in the basement dungeon? I, I would. Okay. Yeah. You would never find out about it, though. Well, you don't know that. Okay. Right? Uh, and, and I can say from having been an abused child and been in a situation very similar to what you describe, that it is indeed a violation of the nap. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just, what brought this to light was he took the kid to work. Yeah. Right? Like, he, this goes on probably more often than we think. Maybe not police, yeah. you know, police taking the kid to jail, right? But general abuse of children and locking them away and doing all sorts of horrible things. So knowing what I know about abusive parents, 
Uh, and this is not only from my personal experience as a child being abused, but also my counseling of other part of my healing was helping other people who had been victims of child abuse and counseling them when uh, their counselors themselves were unable to talk to them about personal things. So they would employ somebody of, you know, a child's age or a minor uh, to be a counselor that they could talk to because I was under no obligation to reveal any information to anybody, but they as professionals are. Okay. So if the child says, mom and dad did this, and they go, oh, my God, then they, they are required legally to get, like, CPS or the police, somebody involved. Whereas if a child talks to another minor, even though I was much older than these children were, uh, I'm under no obligation to reveal anything so the children can feel far more comfortable revealing all the details to me than they can revealing them to somebody who is actually paid okay. uh, and a professional doing these things. So uh, part of this is that you find out real quick that you only hear the worst thing. We're only hearing the worst thing here. This is probably, you know, the there, there's probably far more and far longer uh, abuse going on than just this one thing. We're just hearing about this thing and we go, oh, it's it's an atrocity, yeah. right? But well, and the this, hubris to admit it. Yeah. Right. This parent has abused this child far more than just this one time, this one incident. And I'm not basing that on the fact that they said he also did it to his four-year-old. That's just evidence of my claim, right? It's the, I'm basing it on my history and experience having counseled other abused children. When you find out what abusive parents do to children, you find out that the worst thing is the first thing you hear about. But that, that thing goes way deeper, and they've been abusing those children for far longer than just that one time. So how do, how do you find out? Like, how would one find out about this three-year-old being abused in order to get to that counseling phase? Like, how does, how does that come to light in a normal situation? It's usually some other family member. Okay. Right? Uh, somebody finds out. Somebody. What will happen frequently is other family members will be aware of something weird going on. Okay. And because they're family, they'll be like, well, you know, we can't really do anything about it. And they'll just ignore right. it. And then at some point, it eats away at somebody's conscience. Okay. Right? Somebody has a heart. Somebody starts to care for, for the child. And, and then they'll, sometimes they'll confront the, the parent and they'll be like, hey, Bob, what you're doing to little Jimmy is wrong. Right? And they'll have a, a, you know, some, some sort of an intervention, if you will. What are you going to do about it? And that's usually what will happen. And so if it turns to that, if they can't you know, solve it in a sort of man-to-man or family-to-family uh, portion, then, of course, they get the authorities involved and- okay. You know, foster care, CPS, whatever you want to call it, okay. uh, kicks in, and then they start removing kids from families and, and all that kind of stuff. And, like, I'm not a fan of removing kids uh, from families. Even I realize I said that this kid needs to be separated from his father. Yes. I did not say he needs to be separated from his family. Okay. Right? I'm not a fan of separating this child in particular from his family by sending him to the state because the state is often just more abuse for children. Okay. It's and abuse continued. We've joked about it a little bit about, you know, the 40%. It's a true statistic, but we've made light of it, right? In those situations where the abuser is police, yeah. right? We have, we have a litany, a history of articles where they close ranks around their own Right. And nothing befall, nothing bad befalls this guy. Yep. Right. So the, the wife or the close family member. Right. Who are they going to call? Right. They're going to call the cops. Yeah. This is right? the this worst. Is the brotherhood. Yeah. This is the worst possible position for this three year old to be in. Yeah. Right. Because the abuser is an enforcer. Yeah. 
And and is is child and family services going to do anything? Right. Knowing he's a cop, is is the the guy who is this guy the chief of police of this guy? Is he going to look at this guy as a criminal like he would anybody else? No, he's going to look at him as his employee, as his blue line brotherhood, That's what a I'm member saying. member of his gang. Yeah, and it's go a lightly. water cooler joke in the police force, you know, yeah. a police station. That yeah, this guy brought his kid in to be arrested. Yeah, they probably made made fun of the kid. Yeah, like all day long. Think of all the, like, every police officer that witnessed this, that witnessed this child in handcuffs in a jail cell, is also guilty of child abuse. Because they did nothing. They're purview as cops, and they neglected it. Yeah. Now, imagine if this was done to an adult, right? Imagine if a cop just decided to randomly handcuff someone off the street. Like a homeless dude, perhaps. And throw them in a jail cell. And then all the other cops are like, yeah, whatever, fine. And they made jokes about it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that would also be a crime. Uh, in my opinion, it's more heinous because it is a three-year-old child, and we all know that three-year-old children are incapable of self-defense. Yep. And it's Daytona Beach. We've heard the stories from Florida. It's, uh, this isn't something that this kid just, you know, it's not Opie and Mayberry, you know. It's, it's not that one cell block. It's a big jail. It is unclear whether Schoenbad and another high-ranking Daytona Police Shores officer, Detective Sergeant Jessica Long, who brought their child to jail on October 5, faced discipline from the city. What do you mean it's unclear, Daytona Beach? It's unclear whether they're going to face discipline? See? Closing ranks. Right. While the city has not made public any internal affairs findings... Closing ranks. Both Schoen, Broad, and Long had 20 hours of leave without pay on their May pay stubs. Wow. Ooh. Without pay. Half a week. That's oh, rare, though. 20 hours. Without pay. Yeah. That is rare. Yeah. Credit where credit is due. Yeah. The paper Wasn't did... enough to fire them. Right. But half a week, you're off. Making an overtime up next week. The paper did obtain copies of memos written by Public Safety Director Michael Fowler to each informing them of professional standards investigation, but could not obtain further information about it because the records are supposedly sealed. But why and how the records are off limits remains something of a mystery. Again, these are supposedly public servants. All this information, supposedly public information. and, uh, And also a professional standards investigation, right? Not a criminal child abuse investigation, Yeah. right? But yeah, you know you can't do that at work, Jim, right? I mean... How about, you know, you can't do that to a three-year-old, Jim. Well, How about that? That that would be the child abuse investigation, yeah. right? No, you could do that. Just keep it at home, buddy. A city clerk told the paper the records had been sealed by a judge. How did they get a judge involved that quickly to seal the records of this cop? Because they're closing ranks. Meanwhile, a court administrator said the judge had not sealed the record. Then someone with the... Volusia County Clerk's Court's office said the records were confidential due to motions and confidentially filed within the cases. Confidentially. Uh, That makes no sense. That sentence makes no sense. But according to Michael Barfield, Director of Public Access Initiatives for the Florida Center for Government Accountability, the city is improperly withholding the record since a party cannot make a record that is subject to production under Chapter 119, Confidential by merely filing a lawsuit requesting confidentiality and then not setting a hearing on the motion. Blah, 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 word salad. Uh, That basically says, uh, yeah, this is 
obvious child abuse, in my opinion. Uh, the evidence here, just the fact that the guy not only admitted it, but admitted to doing it to his previous child is enough evidence for me. Can we give out the number? See if anybody wants to defend the cop. Maybe another cop, perhaps. 603-283-6160. Would you defend this police officer and his decision to handcuff his child and put him in a jail cell because uh, the child isn't yet potty trained? In any event, Schoenbrod apparently faced a child services inquiry as well. Body cam footage from a Volusia County Sheriff's Office deputy present during his interview with a child caseworker finds Schoenbrod saying it was disgusting that somebody would drag our family through the mud like this. I mean, there's a joke there, but it seems a little too serious. Well, he's the one that wanted to use this uh, company resources to punish his child, so... What what I find most disturbing about this statement is that it uh, makes me believe that this person is indeed a psychopath. I say that because he obviously has no regard for the child whatsoever. They're attracted to the job. It is. And he's a cop. Right? That's part of it. Yeah. Uh, when you that have, type of position attracts a certain type of person. It certainly does. And well-mannered and calm demeanor is not the type of person that police officer attracts. And uh, Long, the other person involved, called the investigation insane. (laughs) Local reporters and residents have also had trouble obtaining records about this investigation. For months, Daytona Beach Shores area residents who have seen the body cam video or heard about it have been asking City Hall for records related to the matter, but the results of investigations remain largely shrouded in secrecy. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Willing to bet he didn't have his body cam on when he was arresting his child. Yeah. Malfunctions when he's in the field, too. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, normally our, our number two story here on the Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live is a little lighter than this. Yeah. This took a bit of a serious turn for me. I didn't, I didn't you know, skim this one. Didn't think uh, you'd get that emotional over it? Uh, yeah. All right. It's uh. It's pretty disturbing. No, no, no. It's still the number two story. It's still the number two story, and it belongs here on Free Talk Live. Okay. Uh, So it's it's a good pick. All right. Uh, I, you know, I probably should have done my homework. I'm I'm setting a bad example for the new guy here. (laughs) And you're in the first chair. Yeah. 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 At any rate, if you want to defend this guy, (gasps) 603-283-6160. Oh, blue screen of death. Oh, Wow. Well, that's weird. That's never happened mid-show before. Well, it's not mid. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Uh, I'm going to take this call because I think it's Major Payne. Major, are you with us? Congratulations. You are corrupt, sir. (laughs) I'm I'm corrupt? How did I become... Well, you know, it's it's just one of my euphemisms for correct. Uh, Yes. uh, uh, You are full of euphemisms, sir. You are on Free Talk Live, Major. What's on your mind? Well, as far as this, is this, this whole thing, it's not because he was, like, molesting the children. It's because he couldn't get them potty trained because he just didn't work with them. Is that my understanding correctly? Uh, there was no molestation in the article. It was just, this was his mechanism for potty training. He was pooping his pants. He was pooping his pants. And it said, well, it worked on my other kid when he was four, so I'm just going to arrest this one. And he got the desired result, right? The kid cried and said, sorry, I'll never poop my pants again. 
And, you know, the likelihood is that's not a true statement or it will be falsified eventually, you know, but that's that's where it stands right now. No molestation uh, alleged, just not potty trained properly. All right. Well, that, that that lightens my conscience a little bit. But, yeah, this guy is way out of bounds. Ain't no doubt about that. I mean, Ain't as no the cap, as the captain noted, though, this is like the most egregious one, right? There's likely an abundance of other abuses down the line. Oh yeah, yeah. What they they say? Uh, even the most foolish character commits probably a hundred crimes before he gets caught for one. Right. Yeah. And oh. he admitted it. Right. He was brazen about it. It worked on my other kid. Why are you hassling me for this one? Why was no attention brought the when he brought the other kid to jail for potty training, right? If he if he's done it before, right, right. No one called him out on it the first time. That look, four year olds okay, dude, but like three year olds. Now we have a problem. Now we got to get IA involved. No, no, no. Well, I, I mean, I've raised three children, and uh, I never had to send any of them to, to jail to teach them how to use a crapper. It, it seems excessive. It also it, seems it, like one it, of those things where if you're patient enough, they'll figure it out on their own. It makes you wonder what will happen to this kid when he does actually do something bad. Yeah. Well, he was probably crapping himself because he was so intimidated by the outlandish behavior of his father. I'm, I'm thinking this guy was like a drill sergeant on steroids. He's probably doing it because he's three years old and doesn't know any better. There's a definite yeah, possibility. Yeah, you're dealing with a giant. You're terrified. Well, and, True. Okay, so here's the unfortunate thing, right? Fear compliance works, right? Like it's it's not it's not a bad technique to get the desired outcome, right? This this kid who's three is going to be fearful for a lot of things, right? And it's possible that the fear of doing something wrong will stunt him from doing anything, and so he may not do anything wrong. He may be like a good kid in general out of fear of any sort of repercussion from the father. And so it may have the desired result, even though we would say like, well, that's a terrible way to go about it. Well, there's good ways and bad ways to train dogs and horses too, but this dude is definitely on the wrong side of the fence. Yeah. Anyway, I got up. You remember Saturday night we were talking about the military having recruiting problems and whatnot? Uh, I was the only one here on Saturday, but yes. Yeah, well, um, I brought up a bunch of good points on, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And then uh, <clears throat> towards the end of it, I brought up to Ian how uh, the Navy had put a trans representative on one of their recruiting uh, commercials about the same time as the Bud Light debacle. Hey, Major, can you hang on? He dumped me. Can you hang on? Yeah. All right, stand by. We'll bring you back. I want to hear the rest of your story. Stand by. 603-283-6160. More with Major Payne and more Free Talk Live is on the way. It's the Sunday Night Edition. This is Free Talk Live. And 
It is the final segment of Free Talk Live. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's me, Captain. Richie Rich. Matt P. Uh, we've been talking about uh, this article. Uh, apparently a cop in Florida uh, didn't like uh, the way, uh, the progress he was making with his three-year-old son in the potty training department. So he decided to handcuff his kid and put him in jail, not once, but twice. And then it turns out, oh, he did that to his other son, too. I hope karma gets him in old age when he's in Depends. <laughs> I remember you from that article on Free Talk Live back in 2023. Yeah. So we were talking to Major Payne. Let's bring him back now. Major Payne, you're back with us. Uh, can you recap uh, the start of your points and then uh, carry on? All right, yeah, but first I hope that uh, cop ends up with a colostomy bag. You don't even need a dependence. He could just have to deal with, you know how disgusting those things are. You don't know anybody that had one. Yeah, I can't, like, I, I have a particular disdain for child abusers uh, for obvious reasons. And so uh, my wishes for them uh, are probably more heinous than anything y'all can think of. Right, but Ricky Rich just mentioned depends, and I'm just taking it to the next step. Anyway, so, um, yeah, Saturday, you guys were talking about the military across the board having recruitment issues and not being able to fulfill their quotas. Yeah, right? the, the, the Army specifically, uh, 25% under its recruitment quota, the largest miss of their quota since they, uh, they got rid of the draft. So 1973, in 50 years, the largest reduction. So much so that military, current active military people are telling their children not to enlist. If they miss it by much more, they're going to bring back the draft. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. The Army has always had the lowest recruitment standards of all the services. You're a grunt. You're a dog face. You don't need a brain. All you got to do is you got a good eye. Can you shoot a rifle and hit what you're aiming at? That's all they're worried about. Meat for the grinder. And, and now you're telling me that they're giving them a, a, a pretest so they can see if they're failing on math or whatever so they can actually pass the recruitment <laughs> test. They're giving them remedial classes. Yeah, the, the public schooling system <laughs> is such a failure at educating anybody about anything really that not even the people who you know either graduate or get GEDs or whatever uh, are educated enough to, <laughs> to sign up for the military sign uh, the, of the times the, the military themselves has implemented remedial education programs to bring these people up to speed with their abc's and one two threes and their you know uh, mathematicals and all that kind of stuff they've had so that what test forever though the asvab test they... no the asvab test that's the test that they take and if somebody fails then they put them into these new remedial classes make them take the test again and now they've passed and now they can make them a soldier here, kid, let me show yeah. you how to pass that we, test. We're, we're, we were bouncing around through all this, and I told him about my family. And uh, all, all, all of my family, there, there was a couple of them that were, uh, you know, hot shot pilots. My my stepfather got to actually the Congressional Medal of Honor in Nam, And uh, my uncle was a hot shot Navy pilot. Two of his kids decided to become hot shot Navy pilots. Well, we know uh, who the black sheep of this family is. 
Yeah, bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Major, that's why we're okay with you. <laughs> anyway, so um, towards the end of it, I'm thinking about why are they having all these problems? And I brought up the E and I said, you remember when the Navy used a uh, uh, a gay representative or, or a trans representative on, on one of their recruiting things? And he immediately dumped me. I'm like, dude, is this free talk live or is this your talk jive? Well, I mean, it's it, – so – you have to oh, remember. He didn't, even want, he didn't even want to bring the issue up. It's like if I'd have said that to Aria, she'd have she would have had something to say about it. Well, this is also and now look what happened to her. This is also not complain about previous hosts talk live, right? Well, I know that, and I don't usually play Ricky and pull this card, but that ticked me off. Okay, well, you're welcome to be ticked off. Continue to be ticked off until the feeling subsides. Well, okay, I'll be talked off later. It probably has more to do with the false wars that we've been doing for the last 25 years or so instead of who's doing the recruiting. Well, and also, too, maybe he didn't hear what you were saying. Uh, you know, there's I don't I wasn't here for that conversation. If I was, I wasn't in control of the phones. But like sometimes whoever sits in this seat makes a decision that, OK, you've been on long enough. It's time to go to the next caller. Right. Regardless of, you know, what you're saying or whatever. So don't take it personally. It's just a matter, of course, of business for the show. Yep. Well, possibly, but I mean, he did have time to say thanks for the call and yada yada. So it wasn't like I was just hollering into the mic when he was hitting the button. He is polite and principled. Yeah, agreed. Did you have anything else and, to say? Um. Well, this craziness in France. Good Lord Almighty. Yeah, what do you know about that? Can you give us a synopsis? Because I haven't been paying any attention to it other than there's some fires in the streets and some people are rioting, right? Like, I'm like, okay, we've seen this before. This this is the sixth night of it. And uh, supposedly the first night, it was more of the older crowd that went out and was lighting cars of fire and dumpsters. And, of course, they're all, it's the Muslims. There's a lot of Muslims in France. They've been importing them for years, too supplement their low birth and labor market and whatnot. Now, there's and, anything uh, wrong with that. To a point where there are enough of them where they're, you know, they, they, they should potentially have a say. And this cop shot this kid, but he evidently had a pretty damn bad driving record for 17, and he was already, uh, like, had a ticket. So for, this was a traffic uh, stop is what you're saying. Stops, actually, she got shot for driving shot. bad. Yeah, the kid that got shot, he had a heinous record of driving and not stopping for the police and whatnot. So um, if, if if that was here in America, he probably would have had the same damn results. And But anyway, the French are going ape, bat, ass, crazy. Thank you. And uh, they're, I, on the sixth night, fifth night, last night, I think, there was 700 and some structures burnt down and... Uh, like 50 or so cars set ablaze, and this is going on all across the country. Well, there's one local mayor, I don't remember the village or the burg or whatever, but uh, somebody tried to run a car into his house to catch it a fire. It was a firebomb set car. Well, luckily he had big rocks or concrete barriers or something in the way, and the car hit him and couldn't jump him, so it didn't make it to the house to catch it a fire. But the old lady and the kids that were in the house were so panicked that they busted out of the back of the house and tried to get over the garden wall and did the Fosbury flop off of it and hurt themselves. Wow. So, so there's, uh, 
similar similar to the bad cop you know child abuse story right it's it has the same mentality behind it right we're going to be so violent that you are going to change your behavior in this case we're going to be so violent that you're going to stop killing our our youth right for being bad drivers right and are there better ways to do it sure are there other ways to do it absolutely right but this is one right this is something that for other reasons right i i would like to see more of here and that's the politicians the police those people who purport to rule over us need to be reminded on occasion that they have skin in the game and too often they don't get that reminder and they think that they're above us and they stay lorded above us right cops you know the i'm i'm getting home safe to my family so i'll take your life if i have to Right, need to be reminded that that's not the fair. That's not a fair playing field. And in France, yeah, they're sending the, the reminder. One of the few quotes of Jefferson that I actually do really appreciate is he said, "We should have a revolution every twenty years." Yeah, except we got HD TV, and I want to see what 8K looks like. So we're not going to revolt anytime soon. Hey, Major, thanks for the call. We appreciate you. Uh, I do want to get to this other story. From the New York Times. Ooh, reputable. Uh, I mean, depending on your point of view. Okay. It's at least a major publication, right, with a large readership. Sure. The headline reads, half the police force quit, crime dropped. You don't say. Now, a lot of folks who listen to libertarians go, oh, you guys are crazy. You think that like society can just go on without the state? Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's exactly what we think. And in fact, uh, uh, it, your defense, uh, the, the people who think the state is necessary, they go, well, it's never been tried. Well, actually, yes, it has, and it, and it works very well. Uh, we actually just tried it uh, last week at Porkfest, and it, it worked out just fine. So you let the fascists in. Oh, okay, but like still, the, the community itself on the campground functioned just All fine. Right without state intervention uh you know problems came up problems were resolved or not or that should have been pointed out to the fascist know. we don't need you look oh, it, it works oh it was pointed out okay. it's just that the people in charge yeah. of the thing you know would yeah. rather have some glory and be like look what i did yep you know instead of uh hey i stuck to the pr- i stuck up for us right which again brings me back to independence day start standing up for yourselves start standing up for your family and your friends because no one else is going to do it for you. Way to tie it back in. Yeah. It's a, it's a callback, I believe. Yeah. I think I learned that from you. I learned it from watching you. <laughs> it's about time it starts to rub off on people around here. Yeah. You have a way of sort of leaving something behind wherever you go. The long jokes. Usually a waft. <laughs> if you only knew. I've cleared out a gym with a waft. I could play devil's advocate with this uh, story if you take the police force and cut it in half, you're obviously going to have half the amount of crimes, you know, arrested or whatnot. But I mean, I would also say that like, that's like prob- reported wise, because there's half the reported, people to do the dude job. Got away with speeding. How dare he? But you got half. Yeah. You got half the people to, to go out and arrest people for victimless crimes or, or whatnot. So you have half the people doing that. So of course everything's going to go down in half, but yeah. That just tells. I mean, the city's not burning down, so it tells me that there's probably too much. Yeah. What What's going the on. violent crime statistic? Right. Exactly. That is a good question. In a staggering report last month, the Department of Justice documented pervasive abuse, illegal use of force, 
racial bias and systemic dysfunction in the Minneapolis Police Department. So it was a bad department. I mean, it's a police department. Sure. They're all bad. Worse than most. Uh, city police officers engaged in brutality or made racist comments, even as department investigators rode along in patrol cars. Complaints about police abuse were often slow-walked or dismissed without investigation. And after George Floyd's death, instead of ending the policy of racial profiling, the police just buried the evidence. The Minneapolis report was shocking, but it wasn't surprising. It doesn't read much differently from recent Justice Department reports about the police departments in Chicago, Baltimore, Cleveland, Albuquerque, New Orleans, Ferguson, Missouri, or any of the three recent reports from various sources about Minneapolis in 2003, 2015, and 2016. Amid spike, Way to cherry-pick the data. Amid spiking nationwide homicide rates in 2020 and 2021 and a continuing shortage of police officers, many in law enforcement have pointed to investigations like these, along with the defund-the-police-style activism, as the problem. With all the criticism they're weathering, the argument goes, officers are so hemmed in they can no longer do their job correctly. Eventually, they quit, defeated, and demoralized. Fewer police officers... More crime. Lying just below the surface of that characterization is a starkly cynical message to marginalized communities. You can have accountable and constitutional policing, or you can have safety, but you can't have both. I agree, I, I argue you can have neither, but that's just me. In accordance with that view, some academic studies have found that more police officers can correlate with less crime, but the studies don't account for factors that the Minneapolis report highlights. The social costs of police brutality and misconduct, how they can erode public trust, how that erosion of trust affects public safety, and they don't account for the potential benefits of less coercive, less confrontational alternatives to the police. Read read that other paragraph back to me, because it took me a minute to process it, and I want to hear it again. Which one, this one? Uh, Whatever the the safety and constitutional appointed, if you don't mind. If I can find it. Sorry. Oh, where was it? What? Probably just a handful of sentences above you. It's like you you can have constitutional police or you can have safety, but But not not both. both. Right, here we go. Lying just below the surface of that characterization is a starkly cynical message to marginalized communities. Okay. You can have accountable and constitutional policing, or you can have safety, but you can't can't have have both. So if if you have constitutional, uh, accountable policing then you're unsafe. Mm-hmm. And the only way to be safe by the police is for them to, to have zero accountability and zero constitutional authority. Is that that's how I'm that's how I'm hearing it. That's what it sounds like they're saying. Okay. I think that they're saying uh you like to me this means the only way you can be safe is to have no police. Oh, okay. And like in my opinion, allow the free market to yeah, no, provide I got your you. safety, right? That's that's uh, you know what I'm saying, but I don't yeah. know I don't know what this uh, author is necessarily saying here. That's why it took me a minute to process. It. Yeah, you're right. It is a confusing statement, right? Like accountable policing should lead to safety, right? A- accountable defense forces, f- private market or otherwise, right? Is is there to provide safety to the people who hire them, right? And then they're accountable for their actions. Like those two should go hand in hand. It shouldn't be a toss-up between one or the other. So uh, essentially what happened here is uh, they hired Officer Alice White, the force's highest-ranking black woman, 
And then they, the other thing they did was Virgil Green, uh, they made him the town's first black police chief. You have to have a color in your name to get appointed in this position? You know, uh, the quote goes, when I started, black folks I'd speak to in Minneapolis seemed surprised that I'd been hired, Chief Green said, when I spoke with him recently. They told me they and most people they knew avoided driving through Golden Valley. That's the area in which he's the chief. Members of the overwhelmingly white police force responded to both hires by quitting in droves. So the racist. Good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not only are they thugs and henchmen, yeah. they're racist thugs and henchmen. I'm not taking orders from a black lady. Yeah. Or, or a black man. Yeah. Right. Outside investigation later revealed that some officers had run an opposition campaign against Chief Green. So there was, you know, some people who were opposed, apparently. I mean, that's fine. One of those officers recorded herself making a series of racist comments during a call with city officials. Nailed it. Then sent the recording to other police officers. And again, again, because because they think they have the hubris to think that they can get away with that. Right? These other cops agree with me, so not only can I be racist, I can record myself being racist. Send it and, to everybody. And I can send it to everybody because no one's going to f- object to it at all. She was fired, prompting yet another wave of resignations. So How this, dare you fire the racist cop? We're going to resign in support of her. And this is, again, <laughs> highlighting the lack of IQ that these people have. Right? Well, that's old news. To, oh, of course. It yeah. is. That's another, but, uh, another but, thing that's out there is that the uh, police... Law enforcement goes after low IQ people. Yep. High IQ people think about these things. There was actually a case in uh, Connecticut. Yeah. I can't remember this, the town in Connecticut, but they, uh, a guy sued the town because he he scored too high on an IQ test. And they didn't yep. hire him? They didn't hire him. You're too smart. You can't be a cop. Right. That's exactly what happened. That was the suit. That's how we know these you things. You use reason. This sickens me. The typical Golden Valley police officer, that's the area in the the article is talking about, makes a six-figure salary. Of course. Surprise, surprise. $100,000. Makes you want to be a cop. To be a low-IQ'd thug. Could be 900000 Well, okay, yeah. Somewhere between one hundred and nine hundred thousand dollars and $999,000. Uh, yet in just two years, more than half the department quit. Makes you rethink your career choices as a highly intellectual individual, doesn't it? It says the city, Golden Valley, has almost no crime. I haven't been on the job long enough to make any significant changes, Chief Green said, yet we're losing officers left and right. Good. I'm not saying it's good that people are leaving because they're racist, because they're like, I'm not going to work for a couple of black people or whatever, right? That's the wrong reason. But in the grand scheme of things, having less police... I think is better for the citizens. There's there's less opportunity for them to prosecute you for victimless crimes, which is the majority of what police do. Yep. That or they react when it's far too late for them to actually defend anything. They're just the cleanup crew. They're there to clean up the blood and the bodies and take a report and file it and that's it. That's a majority of the policeman's job. Don't let them fool you into thinking that oh, it's dangerous out there. I could, I'm putting my life on the line of it. No, you know what's dangerous? Picking up trash. They haven't even made the top 20 list of the most dangerous jobs in the United States. Thank you, Matt. The interesting thing is that according to Chief Green, despite the reduction in staff, crime, already low, has gone down of course. in Golden Valley. 
The yeah. town plans to staff the department back up, just not right away. No, because then crime's going to go up because they're arresting more people for dumb stuff. Right. I've heard that police union is uh, cautioning officers from coming to work here, Mr. Harris said, but that's okay. We want to take the time to hire officers who share our vision and are excited to work towards our goals. So, yeah, there's so much to this story, uh, and we'll post a link to it, of course, on our social media. Um, I do want to say that, dear police, if you're listening to this radio broadcast now or later, or if you're hearing my voice this very second, police have... An insanely horrible reputation in the United States and around the world. Well deserved. Well deserved, earned. Yeah. If and like they probably deserve a worse reputation than they have as far as earning is concerned. Now, if you're a police officer, active duty, how do you change that? Let's say you care about your job. You care about your fellow policemen. You care that your reputation sucks. How do you personally change it? Well, the first thing you do is y'all get together in your little thin blue line club in your clubhouse one day and you go, hey guys, we need to we need to get our reputation straightened out. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to stop enforcing victimless crime laws. Oh, that's not what you do. You keep your nose to the grindstone. You follow orders until one day you're chief of police and then you can affect all the change you want uh, from I, the top down. I, I, don't listen to what my co-host here, Richie Rich, said. I want you to get together in your little thin blue line clubhouse and go, here's how we untarnish our reputation. We discontinue. We use police discretion, something that they have legally. We use our discretion to no longer enforce victimless crimes. What does that mean? That means any crime that does not have an individual who was harmed or property that was harmed, you just let go. And paint your cars bright colors so we know where the emergency services are instead of trying to hide from the civilians. Yeah, can you imagine if, like, fire trucks, like, were all, like, camouflaged and yeah. tinted windows and unmarked fire, and, and they went around, like, trying to make ripe the circumstances for fire. They're leaving kindling in neighborhoods and stuff, you know? What, what would happen then if, like, they were hiding around the corner waiting for a fire to break out? Yep. Yeah. They don't do that. They just wait at the firehouse. They wait for the call, and then they go and respond. It's a reactive force, not a proactive force. Right. So, dear police, if you really care about your reputation, you have the ability to change it immediately. And because you're such a tight-knit club and you care so much about each other and the the uniform and the back, the blue and all that kind of crap, that you should be able to get together, send an email, send a message, send whatever to the rest of the police that, you, you know, your mom, your dad, your cousins, your brother, whoever's involved in the police force and your family, you get together with all those guys and you come to the agreement, hey, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to clean up our reputation. It's that easy. All you have to do is decide to do it. Make the uniform baby blue, too. You can still back the blue. Try Powder arresting blue. your partner when you see him do something corrupt. Oh, yeah. No, that's too much to ask. That's too much to ask. But I think discontinuing enforcing victimless crimes across the board and, like, you could just start with, like, one precinct, right? Whatever precinct you're in, start there, right? Because all of a sudden, you're going to have the better reputation. People that, yeah, you know, the cops in this area, they ain't so bad. They actually let people live and, like, don't enforce victimless crimes. Uh, but they're not bringing any revenue into the precinct, though, and then, then it goes up to the mayor and go, like, well, you guys aren't generating any money. We're going to close this one uh, because it's a line item on the budget. Their job is not to generate money. Tell that to the, the mayor. Well, the police know that. Okay. The police know that their job is not to generate money. I think they have the general feeling of otherwise. Sadly, we're out of time. Matt P., 
Thanks, man. You did great. Thank you. Yeah. Richie Rich, thank you. Knocking it out of the park, as always. Uh, if you missed any part of tonight's program, you can find it, the archives over at freetalklive.com. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to all the callers. We appreciate you. If we didn't get to you, please call us back. We're here seven nights a week, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Thanks and peace. want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the realtor mark warden now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in new hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime our friends at porcupine real estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by new hampshire citizens reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com